We've won again. This is good. But what is best in life? How about Howdy, 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 everybody. This is your favorite garage hammer person on the planet, Dave Whitech. That's right. I am the favorite. Why? Because I'm the one with the microphone. Anyway, I'm at Gen Con. That's right. Gen Con in Indianapolis, Indiana. So, of course, if we're in Gen Con, we're recording. And that means tonight is night one of Gen Con. We're going to be doing a recording, hopefully, for every night, like we did last year. And we're just... There's no topic other than Gen Con. We all did different things. Same by we all. I should probably introduce the people who are here with me. As always, at Gen Con, my son Harrison. Hello, everyone. There's Harrison. As was with us last year, doing the show. He's back again, doing the Gen Con coverage. Our good friend from Six Squared Studios. It's Kevin. Kevin. Hey, how's it going, eh? (laughs) (laughs) And special prize this year did not make it last year i was very disappointed i was hoping to have him on we were all hanging out but he's here this year he's on the mic he's ready to go the other half of six squared studios some people say the better half but i don't get into that sort of argument because they're too nice they're canadian they don't like to fight but we all know all right and that is brad brad welcome to the show this is your first time on i think so yeah thanks for having me dave it's awesome to be here you were staying behind last year because you guys had to open your your place, and you were the construction manager, yeah, weren't you? Yeah, we were brand new. We were still just finishing up um, getting everything renovated and uh, getting ready for grand opening. So it's awesome to be here, and it's good to be back at Gen Con. Cool. Um, so, uh, well, Brad, since I got you, you were talking about, uh, why don't you tell everybody, and I know Kevin, we talked about it last year. Mm. Tell us, guys, tell us a little bit about your store. What's going on with your store right now? Just in general, like I know you were saying that your business is booming, that things are going crazy. Tell us about it, man. I'll let Kevin uh, take the lead on that, and then I'll follow up with everything we got going on currently. All right. Well, we talked about this last year. Is uh, Six Squared Studios has been around for over ten years now, mm-hmm. uh, not as long as Garage Hammer, but we're in st- thirteen years down. Thirteen years, my friend, and we've been around for a good number of those years. You have because we loved your show before. Uh, I grew up as, since I was a little kid. I listened to Dave. It's been absolutely amazing. <laughs> Wow. How's that feel, old man? <laughs> you know, I make one joke and say that Brad is the better half. One time. Yeah. And suddenly Kevin's 20? <laughs> I don't know how the hell that works. Uh, it's called plastic surgery. Oh, okay. All right. But anyway. No, Um. so what we started with, um, last year was we decided, you know what? Uh, Brad is an amazing person when he, he teaches at conventions that are games and what we do. Uh, we need to have a store, not only for ourselves, but to make sure the community has a place they could come, they can uh, re-socialize after that a big C word that happened for the last <laughs> couple of years, uh, and then we can move forward. And 
the, the store is just going absolutely amazing. We're, we're approaching our first year anniversary this October, uh, and we don't have a slow night anymore, Dave. It's absolutely amazing. We have so many different games. Uh, people are just so positive. We have a great energy. We'll talk about some of the things we do later on because Brad does a lot of the programming for us. He is our manager. Uh, I'm just the one. Well, you know, when you need a face for a poster or something like that, or you, you need that. When you're so young. Cake. Oh, 100%. Exactly. You're going to you're gonna attract the youth. We do. The and youths. Exactly. And I know like my hippity hop and things like that. So I, I, I'm, I, I'm really with it in, in jiggity. So it's, it's really good. We, we make a good pair. I think that the younger uh, store patrons like it when I get down verbally with them. I think yes. That's what, yes. There you oh, go. exactly. We do rap battles on Thursdays. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's just a fun happening store. So much Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he did not have to leave, by the way. I just want to... I mean, he would not going to bother us if he stayed or did his thing. I just wanted it would have been nice to have an audience. Yeah, yeah. it would have been fun. Yeah. Someone came in and then saw us recording and sort of left, and I felt kind of bad, folks. So, and I'm not editing this, so I'm just telling you what I'm talking about. Now, Brad, you, now you we were talking earlier, and Kevin did mention it. You do a lot of the demos. You do a lot of this sort of, you know, getting that community together. And you have had a lot of success. Now, I've heard a rumor that you are basically one of the busiest gaming Places. I don't know if it's just it's not just a gaming store, you're like a gaming center. We have sixty four hundred square feet and <laughs> Brad fills it for us when it comes to his events. Actually, he should tell you about the one, because obviously this is a Garage Hammer podcast. Uh-huh. We should probably talk about something Games Workshopy. And the, the latest uh, endeavor he has is our narrative league for forty K. So now you're you got you started a narrative league for tenth ed forty K. How long has that been out? It's been like two months, right? Not oh, even, not even no. okay. No, it came out in uh, oh, June twenty fourth. Okay. June twenty fourth, I think was or twenty second. So of it's those. about a month and a half because I knew yeah. they usually come right around uh, yeah beginning of July into June. So about a month and a half, and you've already got uh, and that's uh, that's one of the things I love about the new edition is it's this chance to start a new army, get the box set, maybe get in a growth league, something like that. So you have a narrative league going. I had so, yeah just. On that, I've known multiple people who've been like, I, I've never played Tyranids before. So, like, they, they're just starting Tyranids armies with this new 10th ed box, which is oh, amazing. It's such a good box. Well, and, you know, it's what has. Incredible box. Oh, my gosh. What has a microphone and a podcast and has decided to start Tyranids 2 because those models are amazing? This guy right here. Nice. I got the I split seat a set with, uh, with Walker. So, I got two. And Rotor, uh, I, got, I got part from Rotor. So I got plenty, and I got a nice winged, uh, winged uh, uh, hive tyrant. I'm just, Tyranid uh, Prime, yeah. It's no, so G- good. to GW's credit, they really knocked it out of the park with Leviathan, and oh, I, I think it. the launch was handled very well. Um, we were very lucky. Um, we we had a ridiculous demand for it. We actually completely sold out of the product um, before before release yeah. even came out. Um, so for us, it was a it was uh, just an absolute home run. Um, and the demand uh, for for that product since release has just been uh, exponential. Um, honestly, I think I've played more games of this edition than the past like three or four editions combined. Now you're um, loving tenth edition. Oh yeah, I'm. Uh, what do you love about it? Well, you know, I've always been, uh, I was always a Blood Angels player at heart, and then um, I tried a little bit of that WOG energy, and uh. um, now I'm fully converted over to the, the orky ways. It's bananas how that happens. Oh, I yeah. know so many people who, play, who hate it. I, when I started playing 
fantasy. I'm like, and they had the, the, the soccer hooligan orcs. I'm like, this is so lame. I don't want to hear Clown Prince of Warhammer. These guys are dumb. And then I found the model that I liked, and I read the little story that I liked, and it's, yeah, and exactly. I sit here on my island alone now. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm telling you, um, awesome. or- orcs is the best. Yeah. And uh, once you push a couple go karts around and um, explode I feel like, sixes, I feel like I'm in They Live right now. <laughs> Consume, obey. Orcs uh, is the best. Orcs is the best. So yeah, so okay. Now you're running a narrative campaign. How how many points? How would you start off at? Okay, so the idea behind this was, um, especially with a new edition, a lot of old players returning to the game. We wanted to do a slow grow narrative um, escalation league using uh, current crusade rules. So we're starting off at 500 points. Uh, we just had basically our first session, and then while we're at Gen Con, our second session happened. Um, we were expecting uh, a really good response, um, given that the game is just like at an all-time high. Uh, but even then, it exceeded our expectations. We were hoping to get at least like 16 to 20 players for our first event, and we actually crushed it. We did more than double that, so we were over 40 people signed up and played our first night. Uh, it was absolute madness. Um, so... Uh, that was awesome. 40 people all playing that. Open. So we had 20 tables running with I, new 40 Well, we, we were only doing 500-point battles, so uh, we cap out at 14 tables. But we had all the tables getting played. We had multiplayer games going on. Uh, we paired everybody up. And it was awesome because most of these players um, had never met each other before, and it was a really phenomenal chance for everybody to get uh, out and meet other members of the community as well as um, kind of experience like uh, what the game has to offer now. A lot of new players. It was very new player friendly. Uh, and what we tried to do too was um, pair up um, kind of community leaders or people who had been a little bit more experienced at every table. So everyone really got the optimal experience and it was uh, just a, a huge success. That's fantastic. 40 people. And you have more, don't I mean, you, there's more people who still want to sign up, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, it's still going strong. So what we did was we told everybody um, we're going to let them play uh, catch-up games on the off weeks because it was going to be bi-weekly escalation. Um, that way we could hopefully spread it out a bit and not have it be utter chaos all in one night. I mean, our space can handle it, but... It's still nice when you know Our people staff are, might be yeah, a little yeah. overwhelmed. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it's nice as when, the person who's been overwhelmed. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, exactly and and, and you know, you really want to make sure that everyone's just having that optimized experience. So, um, so we've done that, and it's still going super strong. And I'm really excited to see what the next couple months hold. Um, we've got a lot of exciting things in in uh, in the works for the players. So, I mean, we've got um, there's going to be some fun story events. Um, we've got a full campaign map that we're doing and special custom uh, relics that we've designed just for the campaign. So just um, really trying to make it so that they have uh, uh, the best possible experience for how the game is meant to kind of be played. Um, also, um, we're going to be doing raffles and all that fun stuff. So people are, are, are uh, incentivized to both share their story and get their hobby progress done because, you know, we all have a lot of gray models that we need to get paint on. That's true. Are you using the new Combat Patrol 
narrative event rules that have come out recently? Um, so what was one of the things we were looking at initially, but because we're doing escalation, we decided to not use those, but we are using a lot of the current new crusade rules that are in the Leviathan book. And they've been fantastic, to be honest. And you were right, cool. too, about that, Harris, about we, we'd be overwhelmed if we tried to do it by ourselves. The reason yeah. why any of our events are really taking off like this and we can have that many people is our community steps up. Uh, we have such a positive community, uh, people that will walk other people through the game, like if they're brand new to the game, which we had a lot of new players, not just to this edition, but just to 40K. And they they took the time to go through, to be very positive, uh, and, and, and really take leadership roles. We have an amazing group of people. That That's really what, what sells a game environment, because... I run Friday Night Magic at my local game store, yeah. and everyone here knows that I don't know anything about magic, but <laughs> the people who come into the store don't necessarily know that I don't know anything about magic, and it's really awesome when I can act, someone will call for a rules judge, and I'll look at a card and not really be certain how it works, just based mm-hmm. on my pretty basic untap, upkeep, draw understanding of the game, right. and I can be like, oh, Eric, uh, you're not playing for a second, do you have, a, can you... Give me a give me your brain for a second. And they'll just come in and be like, "Oh no, like this has been ruled on, you know, two years ago or something like that." And when the community steps up, it really, really elevates the events and things like that because you know, as tos, you know, we're we're tournament god, but we're not actually god. <laughs> well, also, I think just maintaining that, um, you know, uh, encouraging level of energy and um, excitement throughout it all. Um, if it's all on like one or two people, it's very easy to you know run out that battery. But if you have a, a wide group of people where everybody's kind of feeding off each other's energy, it helps to just propel it forward. Yeah, that's I just. I, is there another place running narrative campaigning that's got 40 people or we don't, more? We don't think so. So Brad does a Especially, lot of... Especially, I mean, not now at least. I mean, 10th edition just dropped. Ain't nobody running a 10th edition. I was going to say, I'm currently running a 9th edition crusade because that was just what was out when we started the crusade. Sure. But we've only got a dozen people playing at the moment and like... When I first heard that you guys were got forty people, I was like, oh, "How? What?" It, it's well, amazing, the- and I think that's one of the things is I think it's one of the largest ones that are out there right now. That well, Brad, you were talking to uh, our rep and that sort of thing, and they they believe it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, currently going on here in North America. I think there's just such an explosion right now that it's hard to kind of track and, and keep um, tabs on everything that's going on. I think it's been a long time since we've seen this level of excitement for the product which is phenomenal um i think the the only issues that are impeding anything at all would just be um you know keeping the stuff on the shelves um there's just so much uh amazing stuff that gw's putting out um all at once kind of as a landslide so it's overwhelming yeah there's uh, there's so much like and i can't i can't I, I refuse to complain about it. Oh, because yeah. Because we went through the two books a year. Yep. Every yep. three months, you got a codex. Or three months, you got a codex. And then three months after that, you got an army book. And then three months after that, you got a codex. And you got two books a year for 12 armies. You go sometimes six years without a book. I mean, and just looking sometimes at... Sometimes they were doing it every two months. And you get three books a year. But that was a that was a banner year. That was a big year. You just look at what they have coming for the new Tyranids, right? Like, if you're a Tyranid fan, you're just over the moon. Like, you're about to get absolutely drowned in some of the most amazing sculpts I've ever seen. And right? even if you're not a Tyranid fan, you 
you're gonna be a Tearhead yeah. fan pretty soon, yeah. or at least, or you're gonna hate him even more because you're gonna be playing against him because people are picking him up. And that's a problem we're having right now is I think GW is kind of a victim of their own success at the moment because they're having some huge supply chain issues, at least in Canada, so that we have all these people that are super excited because it's a great product, the rules are streamlined, yet we can get maybe two or three of the kits in max when we want 12. Yeah, Space, yeah. Mar- Space Marine and NIDS is basically right off, but um, they're, they're working on it. They're trying their best. Like you said, it's hard, and we're still having challenges yeah. from what's happened in the past year. So we're hoping that they're going to get things streamlined. Is it the same thing in the U.S.? Are you having problems getting product? I don't I, I don't know. All I know is, I mean, Grognards always seems to be able to get what they need. Right. And, I mean, I hear people complaining on the Internet, but, I mean, that, that's all you – I mean, that's the Internet, that's so the Internet. I don't know. I'm not, like, the main orderer at our store or anything like that, and I will also preface this by saying that we are not a very heavy GW store. We do more board games and card games, personally. Mm-hmm. So, like, and we, we've got a local Warhammer store that's, like, 15 minutes away, and I – I'm buddies with the manager over there. He's such a nice guy. So I will literally send them over to Chris's store. I'm like, if we, if we don't what have store? this, uh, the one at Red Top. You're friends with the manager? Yeah, Chris is awesome. Oh, I didn't know you knew the manager. I think, too, also, it comes down to we're kind of so spoiled now, too, because it's like you want everything instantaneously. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. So generally, I think when we have special orders, we're generally we're usually able to fulfill them, but uh, we haven't. I haven't seen too much in the tr- in the ways of like supply chain issues, but we also have a much lower volume than you probably might need. Fair enough, fair enough. Either way, uh, it's it's one of the things that I'm sure they're working way through because what businesses wouldn't want to sell more stuff? So I'm sure GW's in that exactly. Place. Not exactly. To, not to mention like everything they've shown off that we know is coming down the pipeline is just like a home run after home run. Like looking at the new city stuff coming, I think we were talking about that earlier today. And then looking at we've got the new version of Epic coming. I never had. I, oh, I can't wait for the new Epic. I am so excited the new for the Epic new Epic. Looks excellent. I'm very very excited I am for that. Excited for that. I'm in on that. Um, I. I forgot what I, I did. I lost track of what I was going to say because I jumped because you said the epic thing. Um, oh, it's the Tyranids. I've never had any interest in Tyranids. You can't team them up with anybody. They don't have character characters because they have, but they're sort of like they're not mindless animals. I know that. I read the Leviathan book that just came out, the novelization. That that was real. The Harbinger. That was yeah. whatever. That was good. Um, but I've never had any interest in them because they're just. It's kind of like it's like watching aliens. It's just this uh, thing that's cool to see. But I never had interest in playing them. And I, we got I would that say, box set. And, and GW was nice enough to send me a Leviathan set. Right. Yeah. And then me and Walker split the cost of another set. And then we swapsied so that we both had books and everything. Um, those models, I was like, I'm, I'm doing this. Yeah. Like, I, I had no desire to play 40K. I had no desire to build them. I'm like, 10th ed, I'm looking at the book. I'm like, I think this is really different from 9th edition. I'm looking, I'm like, wait, you take a battle shock test at the start of the turn? I'm like, they changed this, didn't they? So I'm flipping through looking. I'm like, I kind of like this. And then I'm just looking at those models. I'm like, nah. And I got them all primed up super yellow. I'm, I'm Bumble. I'm getting the Bumble Deets. It's going to be totally black and yellow, guy. Nice, it's going to be nice. awesome. I, like I said, I literally have someone in my store who has been playing since Rogue Trader and has never played Tyranids and the, looked at those new models and said, I'm sold. 100% I'm sold. <laughs> See, I'm doing Tyranids too. And I'm doing la- I'm doing Ladybugs. Uh, so what I've done is I've the, the red with the black dots and everything going on. I, I had Tyranids since 9th edition. I stopped playing 9th edition because they didn't feel like what I wanted Tyranids to be. I want something that's just overwhelming force of neighbor, uh, nature, uh, massive horde, right? They never felt that way. It was all elite stuff, it felt, for 9th edition. This one feels like 
Starship Troopers. Yep. It feels like those movies where you just have this mass of, of this bio evilness coming across the, the plane. The bugs, buggers, like that's what it is. Exactly. It, and here's the, and here's the, I love horde armies. Maybe that was it. Maybe yeah. I saw that. And said, you know what? I just want to see, see swarms see, of these oh, things. So much fun. I've never had any interest in Nids either, but now that um, with the new with the new book coming and the new models that they've talked about, the idea of being able to do the 100 percent infiltrating army with all the lictors and and the on Ryan's leapers, the idea of basically being able to play the aliens army where they're in the walls and they're coming out and yeah. infiltrating and just <laughs> yeah. assassinating. Where you can play Space Hulk in 40K. In, in 40K, oh. yeah. Oh my, like, oh, wait a minute. Okay, and I'm, I'm going to sidetrack here because you just reminded me of something and I totally forgot about this. Did anybody go into Hall D slash Hall E today besides you? Could you came to see me when I was playing Shatterpoint? No, no. We Not were, yet. We were in Dealer Hall. The GW... Uh, section over there. They yeah. had they had a thing where you could sign up and you could they they had the mound of sprues and you sort of build your own build something. Oh, they had bits box it. wars back. Yeah, well, they, yeah, and you'd go and you'd you'd, you'd sit there and you build something and then at the table next to it, once you got it built, there's a painting table and stuff like that. Yeah, they used nice. to do that. It was called bits box wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they got some other games going on and I look and there's this table and it's a lo- I mean it's like 30, 40 feet long, right? This long tables, tables, tables. And they've got all these, like, walls. It's, and you can see from the top, it's all, like, walls and corridors. And the, th- the walls are, like, 12 inches high. And I'm like, what is this? And I walk over there, and I don't know if they were using three-ups, but it was a Space Hulk thing with Tyranids and Space Marines that were, like, six inches tall. Well, those oh. are the, those are the uh, action figures they had because they just brought out the Tyranids. Action were those figures. action? Oh, they didn't look like. Crazy. I mean, I, I had a quick look. I didn't think they were action. They didn't seem that articulate. I don't know. They aren't. Okay, but, yeah, they're just but, nice. I'm gonna check that out so, tomorrow. But there was, and I took some pictures. I'll show them to you when we went. And I'm not gonna show them to you now because we're on the air. Um, but and space marines, and I went back, and there was this huge orc, yeah. an orc Photos boss, are boss bad with for radio, and and all. I was like, what? Is, I, I don't even know. Like, I think they were just it. it and I did, there was nobody. The guy from GW was putting out paints and sprues. I wasn't going to bug him Small with expl- bars, ex- yeah. explain the <laughs> explain the big thing to me. But it's there, and I'm going to go back tomorrow at some point and take a look at it and just find like I don't I don't I think it looks like a display. Like hey, come try out Space Hulk. Well, this I don't is- I don't know if you saw it either, but on the top floor they have the uh, the laser tag. As well this year, it's right on the top floor. Kill team. Oh, really? Kill team, kill team. So we should go do that too. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought everything that said kill team was they were playing kill team. They've got a laser. Tag. No, they have kill team laser action. tag. Kill team. Like yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll do that Will tomorrow. This be the thing that breaks your anti LARP stance, Dad. That's not LARPing. That's playing laser tag and just pretending you're a space marine while you're doing it. When that I... sounds an awful lot like LARPing, doesn't only it? If he wears, only if he wears his costume that he. Uh, no. Like, uh, he Last has. time I played yeah. laser tag, I, I was. If you pre- offered him a, co- a space marine costume, he wouldn't jump into it immediately. <laughs> Last time I was playing, la- I wouldn't fit into it. It's last the platform time was- shoes. Yeah, last time I played laser tag, I was pretending to be some guy with a laser. That wasn't me in that place. I was Starship Troopers in it, you know exactly. <laughs> Bananas, but yeah, I was there. I'm sorry, I totally got sidetracked because I, I was. I, I totally drove it out of my head. Um, and we should probably. We've been yapping for 25 minutes. We haven't talked anything about Gen Con. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Um. 
Uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, I hate to drag it to a screeching halt, but I did want to talk about some of the things we did today. And sure. the 40K is great, and we will talk about that at another you time. You did say that the only topic was Gen Con, and it does seem like we've not gotten to the topic yet. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm saying. So maybe we'll talk. We can talk more. There's 40K maybe. at Gen Con, all right? There's there is 40K at Gen There we Con. go. There's, right. there's our layers Segway. of bacon or whatever. The amazing segues of Garageheimer. There we go. There we go. Now we're teasing the it's getting the heat. Bringing it. <laughs> all right, so it's Thursday. The first day of Gen Con. You guys have been here since it's, Tuesday. Yeah, because we are we did retail. Like they have a, a great stream on Wednesdays for educators, librarians, and retailers, which you have seminars and programs about how to build your uh, build your communities, uh, inclusive environments. Uh, you can take a look at some new products and that sort of thing in the marketplace. So we started like at eight a.m. on Wednesday and went till like nine o'clock last night. I really, I'm st- I'm really starting to think I might for the educator thing. I may need to come one year. Because if they're doing all the cool stuff, you there was were a lot me of about. really good programming. Honestly, I would and recommend it, even if you just do it once. It's hard. I mean, I've actually, I've, I've been actually pretty successful because I got kids who've never played any sort of war games at all coming into war gaming club. And at the end of the year last year, I had thirteen members, and seven of them were girls. Well, That's the amazing awesome. thing about our hobby is... Or no, I had more than that, but still, uh, just yeah. over half was girls, and I That's thought that fantastic. was... And they're, they're, they didn't play too much, but they were painting up a storm, having a great time. It's crazy. We actually, like, got a regular proportion of men to women in the hobby like great like wow it's, I mean, it's cr- yeah it's so it, we're getting really diverse and inclusive and i think that's great but like dave you're an educator and that sort of thing and there's so much power in our hobby yeah. that you can use for both hard and soft skills in education yep like right now um like i'm lucky that i can be in the background for six squared and work on more, our more six specialized squared pro- studios six squared studios uh specialized projects so, and what we're working on right now is working with uh, a educator at Brock University in that because we want to build curriculum where we're bringing in our gaming uh, to the school system because it helps with social interaction. It helps with the idea of these soft skills. And there's a lot of power to what we do here. We're not just some old nerds throwing dice in that. Well, we are. But we're not just. We're not just. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that go on in our hobby. Learning how to win or lose is a very very valuable skill that I think is like Ke- something that we could all that we could all learn. Oh, Kevin learned that today. <laughs> yeah, Kevin after learned tw- how to win. After, it was after great. winning 19 games in a row of no thanks, he lost it, and that was when he finally said, "I think I understand how to play this game now." Because exactly. you learn more from a loss than a win. You you do in that, and it's nice for me to give you a win finally. Uh, it, it was Actually, I got to thank. Brad for giving me the win because he just yeah. decided this is how this game is ending and then that's the chaos. Sometimes oh, you just gotta jump on the hand grenade. Right? Never seen anybody do that in that game. That was bananas. But yeah, so they had a marketplace yesterday. We got to see a lot of new designers. Last night we had a meet and greet. So uh, there's so many cottage companies out there that are just putting out these amazing content. Uh, and we're really excited because that's one thing that we do at our store is we have the love for the big ones. So you have your triumvirate. You have D&D. You have Magic. You have uh, GW. But we don't just rely on those boys we, or girls, whichever way you are. They, or, or they's. I'm not sure if they're gender neutral. Whichever way it is, is that we we make sure that we bring in those other games. We want to make sure that the, the nooks and crannies and the creativity of our hobby is represented in our store. There are definitely some uh, cottage so- injured industry products right now that are being put out that rival some of the, the most uh, innovative uh, stuff being put out by the big boys, for sure, for sure. Like, I mean, some of the stuff that's coming out of some of the smaller industries is just, like, absolutely mind-melting for... 
their limited resources for the product that they're putting out is just astronomical. Like they're doing a great job. So it's nice to see those small companies get the attention and um, kind of uh, respect that they deserve as well as trying to help them succeed. Well, one of the up and coming big boys, of course, is like Atomic Mass Games. Yeah. Uh, we've been like, I love Marvel Comics, so we've been doing a lot with Marvel Crisis Protocol. But Dave, you just did the Shatterpoint event today. And that is such an amazing new game. Yeah, that okay, so I, I didn't think about this. I didn't think it through when I was signing up. They had uh they could at minimum eight up to thirty two players. They did eight player pods. Eight player pods, okay. So I signed up and didn't even think about it. Friday was already, you know, sold out. Mm-hmm. So I signed up for Thursday, not thinking that I'd be there basically it was scheduled for the entire time the vendor hall was open on the first day. And I was like, Ooh, that was a mistake. Um, but I did get in a couple games. I didn't stay for the whole thing. A lot of people bailed after the first game. Like, they just wanted to learn how to play. Like, I really like this, and this is great. I just wanted to get a chance to, to try out my new models. And, and it was it – was, the guys from Atomic Mass Games were there, obviously. They're running the game. And they had guys just walking around with the rules, you know. And it's like – and because it's such a new game, we all had questions. There was very – there was like one or two dudes there that had, like, no questions. But they've been playing, like – the guy's like, uh, I, I bought it, I built it, and I've literally played it every day since I got my stuff built. And I've just been building more and getting new units. So there's one or two guys like that who are just love it. They're, they're just, yeah. They are super all in. I would just say, honestly, too, like from a retailer's perspective, it's been doing very well, well for us. Um, and uh, I think it is probably the best game on the market or that's come onto the market that really captures the feel of Star Wars so far to date. It really does. This game is fantastic. It, I'm, I'm shocked at how much I like it. What's your favorite mechanic? Because um, you're a Star Wars guy. Yeah. So you know what you're talking about. I think the things that I really like the best is the, is the damage tree. The, okay. the track? Yeah. yeah. So in, in normal games, you know, you roll in and you got your hit, miss, or critical or whatever, and then the other guy goes, and then it's just, okay, I deal out this much damage. Right. But here, you see how many f- successes you have at the end. You know, okay, mm-hmm. you, you, you take away this. I got one crit and three hits. Okay, so crits and hits count the same in this game. Yeah. It's just crits you can't counter. Right. So, okay, so that's four. So then you've got different trees of damage, and you kind of follow, and you go each square at a time. Um, and the best part about that is you can use what you need in any given situation. Right. And what's really cool is that they really did manage like the special rules for each unit. And you play the game with only eight models. Right. You have a primary guy, your leader. You have a secondary guy, the backup. And then you have two models, which are units, which are basically like the same thing. Yeah. Like I'm running Anakin. He's my primary. Right. Captain Rex is a secondary. Mm-hmm. And then there's two... 501st clone troopers and those two are the same unit like they're the same thing um what i love though is when you go through this mechanics of this tree because like i got i got six on this one guy and i had anakin you you got six successes like six yes oh i had i was rolling like bananas i i put okay you you put you put damage on them and when they get to full damage that be they're uh, injured, and yeah. then you take the injured and goes to the wounded. Right? Is that how that? Is that the proper uh, term? When they activate the next time, right? So you can't once they hit their damage threshold, right? You actually can't hurt them anymore, which is awesome because yeah. you get to keep playing with you can your, play toys. your toys at least yeah. once. Exactly. Now, what's really interesting though is most people have at least two 
two wounds. So once you take all this damage, you have the one wound. Your next turn, you take off all your damage. You mark it as a wound, and you kind of start fresh. But what I love with this is how the damage trees don't just show damage. Like, we're, this is a very much an objectives-based game. You could take people out. I, I wounded six. I had... I. Five of the guys took one wound, and one of the clone troopers took two wounds. I actually killed one of the units in the game. Right. But, like, for Anakin, um, his tree is, like, the first one is two damage. But then the next one is damage and a push. Damage and a push. And a push, they move back, and you follow up. So not only can you get them off objectives, but if you watch Star Wars, the original trilogy, that's what Anakin does. Yeah. Anakin pushes and and just comes up, and he... He bullies people. Yeah, Yeah. and, and they backing up, backing off, backing off. Then you get Obi-Wan, who's got some heals within there. So he hits a guy, does a couple damage, heals up himself. Asajj Ventress has a jump maneuver. So she can get into a fight and then literally jump away from the fight. She's I also loved got, playing Asajj. She was yeah. so much fun. She's Run also, up, smack you, jump away, grab an objective. Oh, she's that, so great. I love playing Vader because Vader is exactly what you expect. Basically, the game is the corridor scene from Roar. Rogue One, where he just when he gets slaughters there, yeah. everything that gets in front um, of him. I played. I forget what unit it is, but you have your different measuring sticks. Everything's at the proprietary sticks, and it's because it's a typical type. Yeah, of game. it's like Marvel Crisis. But most of the time, when you push people, they move back about. Well, they move an inch, but in this game, you don't measure front to front like you do in Warhammer. Mm. This I put the toke, the one inch token at the you know on the one end of the model. I just pick it up and move the model so it's on the other side, so it right. moves the full length of the model and then the inch. Um. I think it's Luminara. I think that's her. Yep, She's got yep. a, th- a range three push, which is like, wait, I, I, I'm like, what? I'm suddenly I was, I was like, you know, halfway across the board because her force push is bananas. Yeah. You know, um, you said Darth Vader. Darth Vader can get three extra dice. I think it's three extra dice to his two, attack. Two, uh, yeah, three extra he dice if he takes two, two damage. damage. If he just takes purposely and this is like it's this not rep- just him too it's anybody in his fire team right? anybody or in his anybody? team yeah well it kind of reminds me of like kylo ren when he when he when he got shot by that bow caster yeah and uh, that the one that was knocking people off their feet and flying back he took what took a knee and then he stood up remember he was fighting and he was getting weak and he kept punching his thing to build up that pain and that pressure to build his dark side force yeah darth vader takes two damage then he gets three extra dice on the attack which is devastating in this game then if you roll any misses you take three damage. Yeah. Just on top of everything else because you better not miss. You better not screw up on your defense. You better block everything you can because he will get you. And that's such a Darth Vader yep. thing. Obi-Wan Kenobi, the old Obi-Wan, not yep. General Obi-Wan, has... Um, Jedi Mind Trick. Jedi Mind Trick, where if you go to attack him, he can spend force points and just be like, no, you have to attack somebody else. And if you're not in range to attack anybody else, that's your turn because these aren't the droids you're looking for. He just... Yep. I mean. It, it it feels like Star Wars. The the movement, which yeah. at first is not intuitive. It seems a little loosey butthole at times. It does. But it really works once you start to learn how to play the game because it's Star Wars. They're jumping from the ground all the way the up be- to that The top best part about the movement other. is it's, it is weird at first, but it encourages you to use all those different um, height variations yeah. and all the, uh, like, more elaborate terrain that comes in this, the game. This game, and a lot of the terrain is like, you know, Star Wars building type things or yeah. factory type parts with a lot of walkways yeah, between trees them. and all that sort and of it, thing. And you need to, and the, the, when you buy the basic box set, you got all these games so you can have the base level and then the secondary level. Yep. 
but I picked up the uh, High Ground box set, and that's mm. got some of the bigger pieces where you can have three levels. And seriously, the game's on a three by three have, have you put it together yet? Yes. What was your favorite part? Oh, I'm not even certain. I just really enjoyed putting a lot of that stuff together. The little, the little eyeball scanner. Oh, the that eyeball comes scanner. Yeah. I, that was an option. I don't know if I put that one in or not because I didn't. I, I was afraid it would break off if it got jostled around when you're packing away terrain. Yeah. But yeah, the little eyeball from Jedi, the little yep. weird eyeball that pops out, was there. Um, like I said, I played. I only played. I only got in two games because I had. To, I had to meet up with Harrison, and I was just getting a little tired. But right. Uh, my first game came down. It was it was one of those one of the games workshop last roll of the dice ones. Yeah. Um, the momentum tracker and all that people don't know. I, I don't want to go into the whole explanation. I may do. I may just do a garage gamer on Shatterpoint just to just to sit and just talk about Shatterpoint and the rules and stuff because it's it's, it's so much fun and it feels like Star Wars. That's why I love it. I think the thing I'm most excited about Shatterpoint is the potential for it. It's it's what been out two months, not even. Not even. And we've already got a good diversity in the kits and I think there's going to be a lot of organized play potential. Um, It's just going to kind of come down to if they can keep the momentum going. And I think what's interesting too with this is, like I said, you pick when when you get the starter box, you get 16 models. Yeah. You get two primaries, two secondaries. Two. So you basically have two units of four that you play with. Which is your standard loadout Which is your, people. Yeah, your standard game. And they can all be mixed and matched. And that's the thing. You, if, as long as they have the same symbol, which is Galactic Republic right now or Galactic Empire, right? Civil War, I think. Or, but whatever, or, whatever they call it. Or. But it's basically, it's, it's basically prequel trilogy and original, so and split, original trilogy. It's split into eras, yeah. right? Yeah. And right now they're doing a lot of pre- like the the main box set comes with uh, Anakin, Ahsoka, Asajj Ventress, and Duke Dooku. Nope. No, 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 not uh, Dooku. Uh, Maul. Uh, Bar- Darth Maul. Maul. And Maul has the dark uh, Mandalorians with him too, which yeah. is just so cool. So that's your eight and eight. Now I picked up the Grievous box set, which is General Grievous and yep. three robots. Uh, guy. Count Dooku's box set, yep. J- Down Dooku and three robots. I did, and they all have great names. The uh, what is it? The twice the pride, twice the double fall, the fall, double yeah, the fall double or something fall, like that. Yeah. Is the Count Dooku? It should have been called the decapitation set because <laughs> all the characters in there get their heads cut off. Um, the General Kenobi set is called Hello There. <laughs> yeah, um, but they've. You can mix them up. Your your main character has points for how much like what his crew can be worth. I mean, I've played it where they took the two sets of the clone troopers, like I played with. Mm-hmm. They replaced. Um, they uh, took out uh, one of the things, and they had put no. They they, they had the Anakin clone troopers mm-hmm. with Rex in them. They replaced Anakin with Darth Vader, and it seemed yep. weird to me. But they're from it, the same. Actually, Darth Vader and this. Okay, if you like, if you're a Darth Vader fan like I am. Darth Vader has a split symbol. He's he both time periods. So you same with him. same with the Inquisitors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. They came out. The, I haven't gotten the Inquisitor set yet, but that's out. Um, they're they're putting out a lot of these sets, and it's they're not too expensive, but they're four models. Like I sat down and I yeah. I'm I'm gonna guess in uh, for, for us they're sixty. I think for you guys it's probably like forty five. I think like so. That. I think it's like forty forty five bucks for each extra set. Harrison, do you know how much those guys are? You probably have SharePoint at each place. Uh, I don't remember offhand. Uh, I want to say like 45 maybe 50 bucks. Yeah, but okay, it's, it's not too bad. And like I said, it's like four models. I sat down. I started one night. 
you know, I, I, I've been trying to paint like an hour a night or paint or build models an hour, maybe 90 minutes a night. Just right. once everything's done, I'm going to do a little bit of work. And with, with four models, I mean, two nights, maybe three tops, I've got built and painted and done, and now I'm on to the next one. And so you're, you get the progress. You start to get that hobby. Like my hobby juices, between that and painting all them slaves to darkness that are just working for me, Yeah. like my hobby is going bananas. If I ever start actually playing the games, I'm going to be a terror. You'll be unstoppable, but Dave. That's me. And that's unstoppable. Thing. But like, I'm I'm a fluff guy, and one of the things that for game design is the game design has to match the theme. And SharePoint does one of the best jobs we've seen in a long time. Because, like you said uh, about the idea, so the track is an amazing thing. The way it makes sure that you have a balance between, so you can't run away with the game no. because you have that push pull, like that force pull track on the side that helps you through and the idea that your objectives change so it's a, like a tic-tac-toe square you have a grid of nine objectives and which ones are turned on or off changes and the loser of the first episode because it's three episodes the best two out of three uh, chooses where the next ones are going to be based on the card. You could choose between two options so there's so much ability for you to balance it out so that the next one you can't just steamroll someone. Yeah, yeah it, has the, it has that built-in catch-up mechanic yeah. where you can almost plan around it if you're like a KG player and you want to get uh, a, a bit of a risk-reward strategy where you let them kind of get ahead, but it pulls you along, filling your momentum meter, and then you have one uh, really big turn where you try to spike the volleyball uh, back onto your end and just kind of score the objective. Yeah, it's... it's uh it's just so much fun. You go for best out of three objectives, um, and uh, it's just – if I have a complaint, and I do have a complaint. I have two. Okay, and I have only two. I have two. My first complaint is they dropped all this, and they came out with a couple of sets, and there's like nine more sets coming out in the next three months, it yep. feels like. They are. It, it feels – I feel overloaded. I don't like them coming out that fast on a game that's that new because – and I, and the only reason I get nervous is because, like, what was that stupid? What was the, uh, you know, uh, Star Trek came out with X Wing. Yep. Or no, Star Wars came out with X Wing, and then Star Trek came out with its own version. I forget what it was called. That was, oh, was that a WizKids game? Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. It was the same game, but it was different. And slightly it was, it was fun. I actually, was, a lot of my friends liked it better than X Wing. Mm. Okay, and I, we played it a lot, and then they just started cranking out stuff. And suddenly everything was cranking out, and there was no time for the community to get into to, to learn the new stuff. Right. So things started to get unbalanced. The metas went crazy, and then stuff got ridiculously unbalanced because they were releasing stuff so fast. There was no time to adjust and see how it worked. Sure. And the game became very unfun. Mm-hmm. It became super rock paper scissors, like I, the I, worst I was... elements of forty k. In that game, and my, I, my, I st- my only push, it. my only pushback on that is, I feel like we're we're probably about three or four kits away from having a healthy diversity for list building. Yes, because you do need, I would say, you probably need about a, a dozen or so kits to have enough list diversity where you're not just seeing the same squadrons over I and agree. over and, and over again. And that's and that's that's my that's why it's my first and my smallest complaint. As long as you know. Drop your eight or nine sets. I know you want people to buy the game. You want people to diversity. You need that four but army server. I just, I, just exactly. I, I want to know that there's going to be a pause yep. so that the community can play and, and, and digest 
all this because I'm loving this, but I cannot afford to drop fifty bucks a set, which is exactly what I want to do. Right. This is this game has got me breaking all of my gaming rules. Like I try not to buy stuff right when it comes out. I wait, make sure I want it. Right. Now if GW sends me some stuff, that's different. Yep. Then I'm gonna build what they send me because it's fun and it's, I got stuff to build. It'd be rude otherwise. It would be. Um, but, and but when it comes to me buying stuff, I always wait till stuff's out a bit. Yeah. And Shatterpoint, I bought. Everything except the terrain that's not the high ground terrain box, the other terrain, the other box, terrain with, box with all yeah. the rocks and stuff. I bought everything, and then I bought it all when it came out. And then it was like, okay, th- th- this will be it. For, and then it was like three more sets came out. I'm like, oh, I can afford one more set and afford the terrain. I just don't want to get behind. And I know this is just a complaint. And I know it's not even it. It's barely no, a but complaint. It, it, but this is my nervousness with other games that have grown super fast, super quick. My my nervousness yeah. is honestly. At what point are we going to hit a content plateau? Like, or at yeah. what point are they going to be scraping the barrel for ideas? Which oh, is I don't not think, great. I, d- I don't see it. I mean, dude, I'm playing Galaxy of Heroes. There's like 300 characters on there, and if you took out the characters that nobody wants to play yeah, too but much, it's super easy to sit there and make a Galaxy of Heroes thing for something that's not necessarily canon or make a galaxy of heroes thing that's just like you're one jedi or something like that well, as you, opposed to making uh, a whole kit for it. i would yeah. say you can definitely Four run miles, in. you can do bad batch you can do lando calrissian and yeah. his guys think of all the star wars characters from all the movies that we haven't touched no harrison you're totally right I, I totally agree that there are a lot of characters but like when they start putting out, like, Wedge and Co., I'm going to start rolling my eyes. That's my problem. Well, well, yeah, you can definitely have analysis paralysis, too, when it's you're flooded with too many options. That's uh, what I'm worried about. I don't yep. want that to happen, and then people step away, and suddenly this game that I... I have not been this excited for a game. I mean, you know, if you take, if you take Games Workshop out of the situation... Mm-hmm. I don't remember a time I was so excited for a new game, except maybe when Vampire 5th Edition came out because we were really excited to get back into playing. Ooh, Vampire 5th Edition, so cool, though. <laughs> I know. But, I mean, other, I can't think of a game that just got me so, like, I'm going to go and be in the line at the store before they open because I want to just get my cop. I can't wait. And I haven't been that way. I mean, this came out the day before we left for Disney, and I got in trouble for trying to sneak it with. Like, I took the instructions, but I was, I had the box with all the stuff, and I threw in the glue and the clippers. I'm like, I'll just build this while we're on. Like, we're going to Disney, but in the evenings, we come back, and we're yeah, trying to relax. And time. Heather wants to sleep, and I'm going to try to let her get some rest before I go in there, because I, you know. I, got I don't, I don't know, man. That. that might be pretty cool to be building Shatterpoint while you're sitting on, like, the Millennium Falcon in <laughs> Disney World. So, but I was, I was told I couldn't build it, so then I had signed up for the, the tournament here, never having played it. And then we got home and I built it and I was, I was like, and I took and I lost I lost like ten days so I was like I'm trying to get this built in place lost ten days he says like, you know you're spending that time in Disney World yeah With what a family. what a loss what a loss <laughs> <laughs> no but Harrison's right though because the other game obviously you're going to compare this to right away is Star Wars Legion which is from the same company well it's inherited by the same company Atomic Mass Games and the problem with that one is there's only so many things you can do for a battle game for Star Wars. Yeah. It's a challenge. Same with X-Wing. Same with Armada. Those games had a finite length of time for putting out new items until you get to things that people really don't care about or there's not enough variance to make it unique. I think we have a long time when it comes to the idea of Star Wars. I want to see all the bounty hunters. Like Empire Strikes Back. Everyone was standing on top of Dengar. Everyone else standing on that, uh, well, on you, that walkway yeah. above. Yeah, you I know, they're, you know they're coming out with that Boba 100%. Fett, Dengar, IG-88 pack. Exactly. They well, and should got, just show it. Like, got, we know saw, it's coming. I saw a picture for exactly. a bounty hunter pack that was like Cad Bane and those guys 
from like Clone Wars. Oh, stuff. you'll yeah. see it when you go into the hall tomorrow, Dave. They have them painted. Oh, uh, I can't the, wait to go see it. Yeah. I barely got. Okay, so. After the two games, I, I lost my first one. I played this girl named Eleanor from Texas, and we had a blast. Nice. We had so much fun. She'd only played like four games. I've only played like four games. We were sitting down, and we're like, we're just here to have fun. She's like, me too. Such a great game. And she's playing models I've never seen, so of course you're getting all the cool rules and the neat things that they can do. What did she play? Um, she played Grievous, and um, I forget who the other leader was, but she had the... It was it was her. It was it was Luminar, I think, because uh, okay. it's her and her Padawan and those two. Yeah, Barra Sophie, the two nice. Rebel Commandos. Okay. Yeah, the Rebel Commandos. Well, she's she's got a, that that three length pushback. I'm like, she can do what? Then her first two pulls were the secondary for each team. Those green robots. Their special ability is when they get summoned, you can just move the two droids in there. Yeah. So her first pull was that. So now she's almost at the midway plane of the table. So yeah, she's at almost all the judges. That's Kraken, right? Yeah, Kraken. And then Kraken. the second pull, she pulls the other dude, Kraglin or whatever, the guy who's got a similar name. And he's moving the, the battle droids up. And she's at the middle of the board. Um, we got three turns in each, and she won the first round because she got up so quick and took all the objectives that she just slammed that that uh, the the little... The uh, first momentum or first the momentum uh, thing what are, her way. I what do they the actually call round. them? Um, it's the momentum trackers. Scenario, yeah, but what do they call them? It's not scenarios. It's not scenarios. They kept saying it. And I forget. It's uh, uh, it's not objectives. It's not scenarios. But there's three stages. It's scenes. Is it scene? No, it's something like. I, well, I, I don't remember. But each of the what they're called, I don't have the book in front of me either. But if you get three, there, you, there's three rounds, yep. three episodes. I yeah, think, I think about it's trilogy. It yeah. is. It is it's meant to be like an episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, and I don't want to. We, we could spend all day talking about this because I know we both really. Like, Harrison played it, and he he didn't he didn't not like it. But we were still really learning the game, and it took a long time. We were playing with only four models each, and it still took a while. But what's your dream team, Harrison? Which what are you waiting for the most to come out? Honestly, I'm not super certain at this point. I am still not quite 100% sold. Uh, I, I'm i someone of the mentality where if I need proprietary measuring tools and uh, Rosetta Stone to decipher the dice I just rolled, yeah. the game better really, really be worth it. And I'm kind of waiting to... Get the get the full lowdown on it's wedge Antilles. With, with with people who've actually like played to actually and that's like, make an my intelligent decision right there is the stupid symbols. Yeah. How many arrows with partial slashes, two slashes, a slash with a umlaut? Can yeah, you possibly put in that. Yeah, it confuses like, the heck a, you, out of you me. You need a Rosetta Stone. It like it's hieroglyphic. I, I, I will. I will say so this. Much. I will say this. I I played last week and then I played two games today. Yeah. And yeah. By the end of it, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know their names, but I knew what they all do. So there's a there's about eleven symbols I, somewhere in that vicinity. Mm-hmm. I would say by your third game, you really don't need to reference it. But I did print up the at, quick at, reference sheet. I and I, I printed up the on their website. They have the quick reference sheets as well as the rules. So it just got all the symbols and the rules for, for, nice. for the first and two I have games. That right on the table for the first two games. It's a lot of pause the game. Let me see what the heck I'm actually doing. And the problem is the symbols look so similar. Like exactly. how many times that is a when problem. We, when we were playing Luchador today, how many times did we mistake a block as a counter, a or counter the, as the a block? Choke. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. the two things look very similar, and it's like when all of your symbols look so similar, I'm just like, 
Oh, okay. I numbers on the dice. Please, I, I feel like, numbers I would, on the dice. I would. I, I would say though the only thing with um, the difference between Luchador and that is Luchador, you're so busy cheering that you actually have time to decipher what the heck's actually on that the dice. That is also true. You are very much you know. Oh, I'm gonna talk smack and also try to figure out what these things actually <laughs> mean again. Ha ha ha. My last beef with the game is mm. each player picks their team. And so you can mix and match your stuff and yep. all that stuff, just like any game. Um, you're supposed to come with uh, with a with the, the the narrative, the the you know the objectives, right? Yep. And then you get your main objective. This list how to set up the board. Yep. And then you put your first scenario, and then when someone wins it, you go to the second and the third. You're supposed to each be able to bring your own. Like you pick which scenario and a which, couple of cards, yeah, and yep. which ones you like. And then you bring it to the table, and whoever wins off the roll, the player gets to look at both of the scenarios yep. and how they're set up and pick one. Yep. Um, so you might find your opponents is actually way better suited for you than yours. So you're going to pick theirs, and they're, they're you know they know their scenario. But hey, I could win this one too. That's better for me. Or you stick with yours, whatever. There is now the main scenario, the setup card. There's that one, and then there's there's three first scene cards. So you you never know which setup you're going to get. Right. But as of the moment, there's three scene ones, there's three scene twos, which have two options each, yep. and three part threes. Um, that's if, if you're gonna be putting out all this stuff, give me more scenarios, right? But I'm not tired of this scenarios, yeah. yeah but I, it's still it, it's very, it feels very samey samey after is. a while. In their first cool. in their first op kit that they just delivered to retail stores, they have. Alternate scenarios, but they are um, they're very rigid in what they let you take. Okay, um, but they're designed to be played uh, consecutively in in a row. So I believe it's, so it's, it's I believe it's three. It's narrative. It's narrative. Yeah, I believe it's, it's three back to back, but it's playing stuff from the core set. We'll so that's more. really exciting and it like to it's see. X's story. You're going to play this team against this team. This is what goes on, and just like when you play Lord and of the Rings, it's like a yeah, campaign. and then yeah. and, and, and you, you play know, Lord of the Rings, and you're going to play the Helm's Deep campaign. I know how it turned out in the book. I'm going to play it out here with exactly. these models. It's the you, same you thing. You know. You know unequivocally, just like they did for Marvel, they're going to put out the story packs that are going to be like Escape from Jabba's Palace or yeah, whatever the heck else cool the stuff. scenario is. I, t- I tell you the pack that I'm actually really interested in besides I saw the pack for the Bounty Hunters. Just because I want to see how this works, because everything else has been so good. You can have Queen Padme with yeah. her big, with, the, with yeah. like the episode one, Queen Amidala. Yeah. And the girl who was her double yep. is her secondary, yep. and then two handmaidens is her yep. units. See, if you wasn't read, expecting go, that. Was See, if you not, read the Darth Vader comic books like I do currently, yep. Oh boy, was that big news! I was yeah. like, well, you know, you know, they're gonna have some kind of like switcheroony mechanic where it's like you go to attack one, and oh no, that's nope, not actually redirecting my the wounds onto this one or something yeah, like that. I just, yeah. I mean, there's so many different things they do, and they really did capture everybody's essence. Like if you're, pl- and the, the cool thing is. Certain leaders and guys will have abilities that will cross over between the teams. So even though you look at it and you're like, okay, this is Anakin and Rex and the 501st. This is Obi-Wan and Cody and the 212. Well, General Kenobi has an ability that affects all Galactic Republic allies. So it affects all the models on your team. And this happens with all of them. So it's like you really got to look at what their synergies are. Clones, clones, and droids. 
Oh, both of those sub factions play together so well. Like yeah, you put Dooku and Grievous. Oh, oh yeah, and I mean, the, and the, the the stuff that is the stuff that was together in the books, work in the movies works together on the tape. Makes sense. Keep it the narrative. Yeah. Exactly. And I can't. I just can't say enough about how much I love this stupid game. Yeah, my only other pet peeve for it are the lightsabers. We're going to have a lot of unhappy kids out there because those lightsabers are going to break all over the bloody Now, place. knock on wood, but I've been carrying all of my models around in that tub, and it was in my on my back and in that bag, and they kind of got jostled around, and everything's holding together. The, nice. the thing I like is that the sabers are long. They're not super thick, but the, the plastic they use has it's got, got some, some bounce. It's got some bounce to it, so if it gets a little bent, it's, it's not that crappy plastic that's the bendy stuff, like when you get the cheap plastic models. Yeah. From those companies who are putting out their first game and they can't afford good plastic models and they're kind of bendy. The earliest Mantic models had that sort of bendy bit of plastic yeah. to them a little bit. Or, um, you know, like when you buy just the little miniatures for your D&D game and they're the plastic yeah. stuff. It's not like that. It's good plastic and they're nice sculpts and they go together really well. They're a little bit bigger too, so they just feel more epic. The General Grievous model is big. Vader is a chunky boy. Vader is a chunk. Oh, and he's so good. He's so good. So so we covered. We covered Shatterpoint. We covered so, Shatterpoint. Okay, so while that I was, was doing that, what were you? You guys were going through the vendor hall. We all hit the vendor hall a little bit. I know Harrison went to an, a couple of events. Harrison, what did you do today? So my first event that I went to was actually, for, so fair warning here was we're gonna. See well, you the signed next, up. It was the for next a sev- seminar. The next several days is that I totally forgot most of the events that I signed up for, and we are totally. I'm playing it by ear here. So the first thing I actually went to was a seminar of story times in Japanese history. And they just covered like various like historical events or battles and things like that from the Nara to the current day. And it was really interesting. Like we were going in and, you know, uh, the woman who was giving a lecture, she's written a lot of she's written books and things like that. And she was talking about things like the Imperial Regalia and, you know, X, Y, and Z type X, Y, and Z battle where uh, samurai went and shot a f- umbrella on a floating pole on a boat in the sea, like uh, while he was on horse in a boat too. Like it was crazy. No, she was a historian that was writing. I think so. Like a, a professor of some sort. I don't know if she was a professor of some sort, but she's written. Uh, she's written several books. She plugged them at the end. Um, but she's. Uh, when she she was just going through and giving this uh just this little lecture about just the various things that were happening she's got like a whole series on things like that cuz she's like ostensibly like some sort of japan expert uh, nice i haven't looked i i have i've got her card in my bag i haven't looked her up yet just because we've been so busy today but besides that i also went to a uh, gunpla masterclass on uh just like different building techniques and things like that i didn't get into any of like the panel shading or anything like that but they were just like showing me different techniques on how to make my models look a little bit better than they currently do because there's a couple of issues that i currently have on my build that i'm trying to fix so you know i've got to so how sigh long you, and it get didn't new, ask me about it fillers like, yeah, get, new, uh, you. Uh, get new files and things like that <laughs> So you're huge in Japanese culture, then I take it, right? Uh, I would not say that necessarily, but well, it's like I just I like things that I like, and you know, I 
this lecture sounded interesting ostensibly when I signed up for it like yeah. four months ago. So I went to it and it was very interesting. So I was I was right about that. And I have been building Gundams and stuff like that for the last like six months or so. But uh, the big thing, I, I'll be hand on heart. I've never seen a Gundam anime. You've Not never a single seen a one. Anime? Not a single episode. I just you know, there I think, are, there's I think a lot cool, of explosions. And I like to build them, and I think everyone knows I don't like to paint. Everyone knows I'm colorblind and can't paint. So it, it kind of scratches that model building hobby side of things that I don't normally get to scratch, and I love that. I nice. love that. The excitement he has when he sits down. I'm, I'm sitting doing it, and he's sitting building his models, and he gets them done. He's got them all up on a shelf, all these different Gundams. Right. And they're come pre-painted. And then my, ca- so and then my have, cat comes and jumps up on the shelf and knocks things over, and then is like, oh, why are you throwing me out of the basement? <sighs> but the thing is, if you're red-green deficient, then... Models that already come pre-painted, pre-colored, pre-everything. Yeah, the, cl- the plastics are already colored and things like that. So one of the big things I was actually work, I was actually like asking the the instructor about was trying to like avoid stress marks on the plastic so it doesn't discolor the plastic for that exact reason. I don't like to paint and I don't want to have to fix things later. Right. There's um there's actually a really uh, a, a really cool secondary kind of market or um, um, community. That's uh, that's building uh, rule sets like custom rule sets for using those Gundam kits to play skirmish games with. Um, I have so. I have seen some of that, and it. it I'm going to be honest. My stuff. I would not want to put it on a table and throw dice on that same table just because I'm scared and I spent many many hours building all this stuff. Yeah, but like there, there's also Legit. like. A big, there's also a big secondary market for like custom builds and things like that. Like my uncle or my my cousin and his and his dad were are both apparently like big like they buy these kits and they build them up, paint them, do like weathering and crap like that on it, and then nice. they like and then they sell, sell them, them for, for a like, profit. Yeah, oh like, yeah, oh, two, a, three, four hundred dollars. Col- like the collectors' kit. market for that stuff is insane. I'm just really surprised that I'm not doing anything like that. I'm just doing stuff that I like to build, but I've. I definitely came out of that feeling a lot more confident in myself and having more of an idea on what I wanted to do. So now maybe I can actually tackle some of like the more intense kits that I have sitting on the pile that I haven't mustered the courage to actually tackle yet. Right. Oh, that's awesome. So question for you, Harrison. What's up? When we were in Disney World and we were in Epcot and we went over to the Japanese store and they have they have Gundams in there and stuff. Mm-hmm. And right. those are like multiple hundred dollar Gundams. And I don't know if that's super Disney markup. Because Gundams, actually, if you get the more basic ones, aren't that expensive. No. Uh, Grognards, and I don't have my bell. Ding, ding, ding. ding Grognards ding. does sell Gundams. And like I said, Harrison said, the smaller models like 20 bucks. You know, And they're nice models, too. They're fun. But you can get upwards. But Harrison, do you think you would try one of those, those Super Joe? Uh, not at my current level. I would say that I would want... Uh, several more kits under my belt just in terms of experience because especially like those the kits that i tend to build are like what i would consider like what most people would what most people see when they see gundam kits being built but they are what's called high grade which is you just kind of cut out the pieces and fit them all together and they Mm. assemble into the into the kit but those really really nice ones that they're that you're looking at are you more like build an inner frame, like a skeleton for the kit, and then you build an exoskeleton on top of it, and then you put like all the armor and plating and stuff like that on it. So it's a lot more of a... I'm going to use this with the biggest possible air quotes here. Realistic build, because it's like you're building it like... You're building it from the ground up. Yeah, you're, not you're building just it from the ground together. up as opposed to yeah. just putting it together. Exactly. And 
that's I'm gonna it's intimidating <laughs> the booklets that they give you are actual booklets with the staple and everything and it's yeah. not just yeah. like a fold out sheet of paper that's you know fairly long but it's still a fold out sheet of paper it doesn't have, no the one I got it's got a staple like, yeah staples on. make it legit that's, that's quite staples true staples make it legit exactly. that's, that's gonna I be I think yeah. that might be the exact phrase I used when I first looked at it <laughs> I'm I'm really surprised that um, uh, no one across the industry has um, kind of capitalized on that more. That there isn't a more kind of official rule set, even when it comes to uh, Gundam esque stuff. There's really only a couple of small indie board games out there, or um, well, there was the Robotech. It just never yeah, Ro- Robotech. Yeah, there's Robotech, um, and you can do things like you know you can use things for uh, things like BattleTech and stuff like that. I, and I would be, uh, I'd be very, very surprised to learn that in Japan or something like that, there isn't a much larger market for these sort of things. It just has to sure. come over to the West, just because of, you know, it's Japan and things. Are, and not everything comes over to the West. It's just no, kind of how exactly. it happens. Yep. One of our distributors that specializes in Japanese imports, uh, the Lightspeed, uh, for that. But there's also a huge thing because we have a huge Chinese Canadian community around Toronto, uh, which is pretty and Vancouver. Years. Yeah. Um, but uh, Toronto and that, like, there's a mall uh, there that has countless vendors that just sell Gundam. Like, it's absolutely amazing. So, yeah, you're completely right. My uh, my cousin actually lives in Japan, uh, and they actually have festivals where they actually have articulated robots that are 20 feet tall. Yeah, I think they're building a life-size one, right? Exactly. Isn't it, like, they're 70 crazy. feet tall or something and ridiculous? And they can walk. It's absolutely amazing. It's crazy. And it's, like... You look, you look at these sort of things, and it's just like I, it's hard to explain to someone who doesn't see it, like how just how big it is over in Japan. It's yeah. like one of my one of my buddies, Max. Uh, he's far far more into this stuff than I do. Like mm. the man speaks Japanese and stuff like that. He's kind of crazy, but like he's sitting there and he's got like so people it, who speak Japanese are crazy. You're saying, uh, yeah, just go wow, offend it. Go ahead just, and offend my audience there. He's, he's just, that's he's pretty racist. There goes the garage hammer <laughs> Japanese community canceled. Yeah, both of them are gone now. Thank you so much, Harrison. Wow, I'm not even the one who said both. Okay, <laughs> but he's like sitting there. He's like, oh look at like my Meiji chocolate covered almond like exclusive Gundam release thing that came out, and I'm like. Hey Max, uh, what is this? Um, I don't. Well, why do you got a Seven Eleven exclusive thing? And he's like, "Oh, Seven Eleven's really big in Japan." And I'm like, well, "This is a very, very foreign place to me. I don't think I really understand. I'm just gonna stick with the things that look like the things on the cartoons I haven't watched." It's pretty <laughs> neat. Yeah, when you when you pop over in that, like I. Because uh, of my other company, that sort of thing, I've been to China quite a bit, and it's just seeing things how it's over there. Even like going to McDonald's in like China, and it's like, oh, we have green tea, ice cream, and uh, it's crazy. Like, isn't Budweiser like McNuggets the big beer over there? Them? Like, oh uh, Heineken, oh German. Heineken, Heineken, exactly. But yeah, it's really. But it's also fun exploring those other cultures and seeing the like the nerddom of those things and seeing how we can translate over to our our communities here. Yeah, how it, cool. it gets interpreted across cultures is always. Oh, fun. and speaking of nerddom and that, Brad, that's what Brad and I did today. We made sure not to book anything at all today because uh, we were in seminars like nonstop yesterday. Today was strictly just shopping, but it was weird shopping for us because oh, yeah. like. N- Back in the day, we never had this type of store. Six Squared Studios was a manufacturer, so we didn't have distributors where we got stuff like GW or other game companies. So we had to buy like everyone else had to do, like from other stores. 
Now we have a store, we have distribution. We're going into the the dealer hall thinking, okay, well, we'll take a look and see what they have, but we won't buy here because we'll wait and go home and get it at for the shop. For it's the a shop. very it's a very different perspective. Yeah. You're trying to see, uh, as opposed to for your own personal kind of enjoyment, you're trying to see uh, what is going to most benefit your community when you bring it home. Yeah, exactly. I still spent over a thousand dollars today, uh, but dang! Oh my God, there was so much stuff. For it's those who day been, one, that's not hard. Honestly, <laughs> day that, one, people that's go, day I, one. I, I'm saying dang because I only, I think I only spent like, oh no, I did spend more because I bought, uh, I bought uh, the unmatched, no, unmatched. So, but I, you I know what, Dave? We're getting you into Soulbound. It's happening. I'm definitely going to pick up the book. The main book, uh, Soulbound. When I get home, I will. We'll, pick we'll it up talk. Then. We'll talk more about that. Bring it back home to the Age of Sigmar. Content. Yeah, maybe talk about that tomorrow. I think we've all because we've already gone an hour, and we're just hitting. Now we're just hitting the vendors. We're hall. just so hearing the vendors. Let's hall. talk about the big stuff you saw today, and not about something you're going back for tomorrow. Because I'm recording again tomorrow. And you're That's welcome right. to be on. So anything today? Like today, I only saw a few things. So you guys go first, and then we, Harrison and I well, can wrap up with Brad our. Brad called it well the uh, earlier when we were walking back to the hotel. Today was a homecoming day sort of thing. Mm. And what we mean by that is it's not necessarily the new games or new toys we found. It's the old systems we used to play that are being refurbished and redone. What's old is new. Exactly. And, and now that we want to get back, and because of our love and how they've evolved it, we want to bring that love to our community, our store, because there's a lot of people who have never seen it before. Like, what, which one is the top on your list, Brad? That's a tough to say because we really covered a lot of um, some of the ones we enjoyed, I would say, probably in the last five to ten years. But um, I think the one that I'm most curious to see what the development and the future of it looks for is revisiting a good old classic war machine. Yeah. See, I was wondering when you guys are going to bring this up. So you guys went to the War Machine thing, and you saw Mark the new the new Mark the stories, the stories Mark move Ford. forward. The game is new. The company has really um, kind of bringing it back all the way to basics and starting almost from scratch in a, in a lot of different ways. They dropped all that play like you got a pair stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the new CEO, she was amazing to speak to. They spent a lot of time with us, both just people curious as gamers. The, the new Brian, who? The what? The, uh, the CEO, the owner. The she, CEO of the company was at she the booth? Was she was working, working the booth. working at the booth with everyone else, and that's what impressed the heck out, out of Brad and I is that she was there, and she was in doing whatever needed to be done at that booth. Well, when okay, back when second edition War Machine was out, right. they had one of the biggest booths at oh, yeah. Gen Con. Yep. And that's saying something because the booths are expensive and there's so much fighting for space. Yep. There would be lines for hours to wait to get special things. And then third edition came out and I th- Harrison, did we get rid of your old stuff? Like I think we couldn't sell it. Like you'd go oh, yeah. look on eBay. Mo- and most games it. most game Honestly, stores we, had yeah, we'd have to double check because I don't even know if we like got rid of it because I don't think we could sell it. Yeah, most game stores couldn't offload it. Yeah, no. so and we didn't know what to do with it. And finally, when I was cleaning out the closet the last time, I said, look, there were certain models I had that was like, look, this is either for a game we don't play or stuff we don't mm-hmm. play, and it's just taking up space. And I'm like, let's get rid of it. Because I know your War Machine bag is now the bag I have all my Kill Team stuff in because we kept the nice battle foam bag. But... Uh, but don't get we, me wrong. She's not there because that she had to do it to cut costs. She had a full team there. Their size, they're growing back again. And that's the thing. They're trying to come back. And you guys were actually really impressed. And that kind of made me sad only because 
you know, I, mm. I, I, that was one of the, I, I tried that game. I never won a single game of that game. I yep. just couldn't get into that game. And then it was gone. And plus, it was like I said, back at Adepticon when Adepticon was not at the Schomburg place, but the previous place. Right. Uh, they had the 24 hour war machine game. Literally yeah. for four days, there was somebody in there that was gaming 24 hours. And that whole play like you got a pair mentality just kind of real. I was like, I don't like this game. It's off, it, it was off. It was horrible. When third edition bombed, and I thought, I didn't even know the, I didn't know they were still doing stuff. So when you told me there was, I'm like, they're doing what? And I'm just sort of like, uh, these guys. So I, maybe I hope I'm wrong. Maybe actually, I kind of hope I'm not. I can't afford another game. <laughs> I don't no, have time the, for another game. The story's moved along. That's uh, what you were telling us. And a lot of things that really bothered us is because we play a lot of games. Yeah. All right. Because we collect ga- game systems and that sort of thing. We demo a lot of game systems when we do convention work and that sort of thing. The problem with War Machine for us is if we had people in our community that were experts that's the only game they played we could not give them a good competition because there was a lot of gotcha moments in the old war machine that the whole game is like that and i get it everybody's everybody's broken so nothing is broken and you yeah. got if you do this at the right time you crush everything and do this and it's fantastic they and fix i fixed that though oh uh, i hope yeah, they it seems never like got it right it and seems you, like they've really changed their approach to the game which is a kind of fundamental of just like uh, rebuilding from the ground up, trying to be cognizant of, um, you know, keeping their products used to a reasonable amount of products as opposed to just flooding it with so many different SKUs that you could never keep up with it. Um, keeping a lot of the gameplay mechanics more streamlined, a lot more approachable to new players. So, I mean, we'll see. It's still kind of early days, um, but it seems like they're putting the passion in the right places where kind of it needs to go to make the game succeed. So ho- I, I hope that um, we can kind of see a resurgence there um, because I know there's probably a lot of old uh, War Machine players that are diehards and would love to dust off their old models or, you know, just kind of revisit that world. So we'll see. Time time will tell. Yep. Um, but I think they're making a lot of uh, good decisions and, and going in the right direction. And if you're one of those players, you can go online. They have an app that's free uh, to download, and it has the complete rules, has the complete cards, even has a tracker for wounds and everything else for the game itself. The so app was the app was really impressive. We tried it out impressive. today, and yeah. um, it was streamlined. It was clean. It was easy to use. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to exploring I it I will check more. it out. And you have said that the stories move forward. They have different, like, aren't one of the armies gone? And oh, a bunch. A bunch of them are gone. It's like 30 or 35 I years in the future. Gone. Exactly. Yeah. So, basically, nobody was playing the old game. And a lot of the stuff that they had just wasn't quite... So they're just like, okay. We- I, would, I would say it's comparable to Old World to Age of Sigmar. Like, there's the core elements are there. You kind of have um, the historical holdovers, and you kind of see where things came from and where they're going. Um, but it is uh, seems like a dramatic re-envisioning. It's a good story from what we're hearing. See, and honestly, I probably, if for no other reason, just because I, I, I did... I will say, Infinity... The reason I never got into that game, and I tried, yeah. was because I could not get into the story for that. There just yeah. didn't seem to be enough story. It was there's stories of each little race, but I, like I never felt like I, I I never felt like I could get into that world. Right. I didn't know what's happening. War Machine, on the other hand, I really enjoyed that world. Yeah. I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. Like I, in fact, I had a troll bloods and Harrison had Kador, 
And it that's was, one of the things. My coworker Jacqueline has actually said many times that he'd like to run an Iron Kingdoms RPG because the, the world, world is, is the very, world is awesome. very cool. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the thing, and that's I liked. I, I, I was so sad that I could never win the game, and I just couldn't get into it. But I still picked up some of the books, some of the things, just to read the lore. Yeah, I love and the the, mo- the models and the art, the art style is definitely very unique and very cool. That steampunk, that eldritch kind of energy-powered uh, uh-huh. machinery, it's it's awesome. It's and very because of the combination, because it's like the old 40K where you bought your weapon upgrades uh, or your loadouts for the thing. The new models now have the spaces for the magnets, and they come with the right magnets in the kit already for you. Yeah. So all that customization and that, that you need to do to be, get more bang for your buck, it to change your list around little bits, is all included, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah, and, and the reception we got, the people that we spoke with, uh, they did well by their company. They really made us feel welcome and took the time to In some cases, the it. company that they are the head of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Well, again, that's someone that you normally don't see in the trenches. You don't yeah. see someone like that. No, absolutely. Mad yeah. respect You have that. eight people on the floor already working for you, yet she was still out there helping. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because when you get someone down in the trenches, you get someone who actually knows what it's like to be down there and can actually talk to the customers and know what, what is working, what isn't working, things like that. Oh. And, and the passion for the product itself comes through um, when everyone, you know, they could be other places, they could be doing other things, especially inside the industry, but they're passionate about um, seeing this product kind of um, have its resurgence and, um, you know, they want to see done right by the community and the fans. So that's, that's awesome to see. And the other uh, flashback one for us is Malifo 3rd Edition. So interesting. I loved Malifaux and I loved that. I got into that for the story. Yeah. The models, they're okay. They were always okay. They had some production issues, like definitely with um, assembly for some of their early, I would say like end of first edition, second edition. Yeah. But that game, that's what a great story that is. I'm, these are things that I, you guys keep telling me about, and I've got a list going of books i got to buy just to read the lore exactly, and see what the game looks like. I'm not going to be buying models and stuff like that, but yeah. I, I still, like, War Machine's going to get my money because what you guys have told me about the, you know, what the one race, their god died, and they just all decided to become vampires or whatever. I'm like, oh, I'm going to read this. I want to know what's happening Oh, 100%. Here. And yeah. a lot of this, again, a lot of the story is online for you to do. You don't have to do yeah, that. You, you, cool. The cool thing about that is, that, like, you're almost not even angry that, like, your quote-unquote army is, like, kind of obsolete at this point because the evolution of what it may have become or what's left over of it is kind of cooler than what began. So you're just like... All right, you sold me. And there's two modes of play. So you have the regular one, which is the current story, but they also have the legacy sort of thing. So you can still play with your old toys and that sort of thing. They have rules for it, but it's just, for me, I'm more interested in the story, so I'm going to see what's new, what's exciting. Um, oh, what was I going to ask you? Um, I can't remember now. Weird. Uh, the lore's moving. I can't remember. I was so, so that was those. that was War Machine. Oh, I know. Okay, I do have I remember a question. What about Hordes? They've now combined the two things together. So hordes still are a thing, 
But instead of it having uh, the split, because one of the things that they were honest about is the challenge they had for marketing was everyone always came up and said, so these are two separate games. And they were never meant to be two separate games. They were interchangeable. They just had a different aspect towards the same game. It's mm-hmm. all, so it's now all it's, just it's all War Machine. Oh, so, they don't, war machine so, it's not, so it's no longer War Hordes. Nope, it's just, just War Machine. It's just War Machine, but the trolls and everything else are still there. Okay. That's good because War Machine was always the more recognizable brand, but like yeah. it's all like in the core book and everything like yeah. that. Like it's okay. all still there. It's Are just there, War did they did they do they still have the ver- the different mechanics where the one the, the way they use their like energy that, the, 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 the rage that sort of thing? Uh, yes. Okay, so they didn't streamline it. So the one you have to plan ahead, and the other one you just kind of pump up. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah, cool. just it's just cleaner. They've just cleaned it up. I, I, okay. Well, you okay? I mean, I'm gonna. I'll at least read it, dude. I'll look at any set of rules. I and honestly, that's what we're seeing a lot with a lot of these games that are going on right now. It's the evolution of our games because a lot of things are based around keywords uh, about the idea of all these uh, small rules to make things feel unique. Uh, Malifaux War Machine. What they've done is streamline their system so it's much more uh, user friendly, especially if someone jumping in for the first time. So that there's less keywords, but you still have the individuality of the characters. But it's just so much easier to having to look up seventy different terms. Mm-hmm. This is what it is, and uh, a lot of them are now complemented with apps that make it much faster to use. I, I think the industry is just shifting right now because so many of these companies are realizing like there's such a massive influx of new players right now, yep. especially players who have never played uh, tabletop games or war games in general and they need to make it approachable and clean uh, so that people don't feel completely like overwhelmed uh, at first approach so it's just really kind of refreshing to see some of the bigger companies or bigger names reevaluating and um, taking a fresh look and I mean I mean even 40k has done it right like you look at 40k oh, yeah. compared to previous editions and it's like completely gone back to kind of the drawing board and uh, reevaluated like what are the core concepts that makes this game unique and how do we make those approachable and um, uh, still capture the feel and, and capture the essence of the main things that we're trying to convey to our audience so it's just really cool to see so anything else today in the vendor hall anything that stuck out Harrison what did we get we stopped at a couple of places now I did go um, uh, my wife is in the uh, Rebel Legion which is like the 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 light side of the force version of the five hundred and first cosplay yeah. thing. Of course, yeah. She does Ray, doesn't she? She does Ray, and uh, she does a couple different Rays, and I, she's trying to get together a basic Jedi costume and stuff like that nice. too. But um, and what did she do, Harrison? You did General Hux, and oh, she did Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. You know. So, Dave, what are you going to cosplay when the time inevitably comes? Nope. A Bantha. Wah, wah. Sand person. No, they have there. guys who do the sand. Oh, I know. The, the, I know. the, the, the Tuscans. The Tuscans. And um, uh, there's some pretty cool costumes. Oh, I can I, imagine. Um, it, it is cool going to help Heather because you see the guys dressed up. and like uh, The one guy was Wrecker from the Bad Batch, and he's a bigger guy. And he, but he had the, the scars, like makeup, the scars on. Oh, and nice. the one eye was whited out. He had the contacts, so it was whited out eye. And it looked amazing. That's it just awesome. looked fantastic. But so her friend Eugene... As a big game player. And when I say this guy has games, I went to his house just to go get the list because he said, you know, if you're going to Gen Con, could you look for a couple things for me? And I picked up a bunch of them for him today. But, like, every room in his house has shelves of games. Like, and his wife mm-hmm. his, plays with them, the kids play with him. But is that game Envy, Dave? Or? It's kind of. I, mean, I, I, I mean, literally, I go in the, like, you look over in his living room, there's just shelves. There's, there's, like, a couple hundred games here. And you look in the little sitting room over here, there's two shelves, a couple hundred games there. Went downstairs, all these shelves of games. He's right. like, 
I'm going to have to sort through some of this. And some of his older stuff that he's never going to play is like he has to get rid of. But he's got old like Avalon Hill games. Like we went down and there was – I have Fortress America still. His copy actually looks nice. Yeah. But he's got Fortress America with Shogun and Axis and Allies so, and all that. So we you, about that. And then game these, industry, you guys hear that? Send Dave everything. Always. He's got all this stuff. And so I was – so he sent me out and I picked up uh, a bunch of uh, you know board games for him that were pretty nice. Right. Uh, I did not have a chance to look very much through the showroom or through the, the vendors hall myself. Tomorrow, I think Harris and I have decided to skip those two free little things that we had signed right. up for. for. So when we're when we're done with the, the we're, we're playing Dune tomorrow, uh, the or role playing game, mm-hmm. and when we're done, we're just gonna hit hit the vendors hall and start going through. In fact, when we're done recording here, I'm gonna go through the catalog and look through what the, what's in where they are, who's what, where, right. and start marking out things I, so I don't miss stuff. Um, but, uh, what did we pick up? No, you picked up Werewolf. Yes, the, I picked up the new fifth edition of Werewolf. Nice. Have not had a chance to dive into that very much, but... Old is new again. Old there is new yep. again. Old is new. That's the theme this year. They just, with the Sabat Black Hand book we picked up. Yeah, the Sabat, the Black Hand, and the Second Inquisition source book for Vampire. Yeah, so I picked those up just because I couldn't wait to read them. Plus, I have a Black... I, I, I played the Black Hand for so long yeah. that when they finally came out with the rules for them, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I got to pick this up. And I also put in an order for the Player's Handbook at the at my store just because I get it cheaper there. And you're supporting the, your local store. Support, support your, your lo- local store. Support your local store. <laughs> yeah. Always, always, always. And I, I will say this about the fifth edition Vampire release. They released the clans in an absolutely insane set of books that made absolutely no sense unless you were actively following as they were coming out. So, Vampire and War, Werewolf, though, are, are they're having a massive resurgence now, and it's Hunter, re- they just came it's out amazing to see. Hunter, and Hunter I, came out, I, I think like in, Hunter. I think Hunter came out in, I want to say, like last September, maybe? Is Mage out? No, Mage is not. I, I, I'm sure um, like, we're going to have... The plan was supposed to be Vampire Werewolf Hunter because Second Inquisition and stuff like that. But the whole... Uh, apparently when the, like the, they looked at the first draft of the Werewolf book and went, oh, absolutely not, and like threw out the whole thing. Oh, wow. I, I'm sure if, uh, next episode or tomorrow or whatever it happens to be, <laughs> they'll probably be dominated by Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah, because you guys are looking at stuff. We'll talk about that we'll tomorrow. Talk about tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Um, what else did we pick up? Now I did pick up Unmatched on Brad's yes Brad's recommendation, and I don't often go straight off. We're, recommendation. we're going to play it right when we're done here because it is possibly one of the best board games ever. Created. But apparently, this is now. How many people can play? Uh, depending on the set, it's usually two to four players. Two which to four you, players. which sets you you picked up? Cobble and Fog. That's a four player set. Yep, and this, Buffy, which is also a four player set. And so Perfect. apparently, you you each get a you each get a character, yep. and it's basically. And as, when you played it, I said, it sounds like Ultimate Showdown of Ultimate Destiny. It is. Yeah. So it's just all the different heroes. So I picked up a couple of sets. I picked up Cobbles and Fog, which yeah. is Dracula. Sherlock it, Holmes. No, Sherlock Holmes, yeah. The Invisible Man. Dr. Jekyll. And Dr. Jekyll. It's my favorite set. So that's amazing. And Mr. Hyde. And so these yep. guys fight against each other. They can. So each uh, character in that. So even though it's a box set, it's not meant to be played as only those can play against each other. Well, so right. It's every box, single, it's, every, yeah, yeah, every single unmatched box that they make is cross compatible with. So every I other have box. that. So we can play, and, and and you can pick anyone. So we each pick one character. Yep. So right now, my options that I bought, I bought two of the four pack sets, and I bought the the new one that they just came out with. So I've got. You could play Dracula. Mm-hmm. You could play uh, Jekyll and Hyde, the Invisible Man. 
or Sherlock Holmes. Yep. My other set, you can play Buffy, Angel, Spike, or Willow. That's right. And my the, the, the con exclusive one that just came out at the con is Red Riding Hood and Beowulf. That's yep. right. And I'm just like, I saw Beowulf. I had to buy it. I teach Beowulf. Like, great, like, great, in. great character. But I was just like, and they had other stuff. And I want, I almost, and, I was so mad. Jurassic I was, Park. I was getting mad just at you, Brad, because I was looking at all that. And then Jurassic I almost Park. I wanted to buy Thunder Road because that, that looked, the car race game looked really good. And Harrison does. just kept looking at me. I just, gl- I have to do a, uh, yeah. Well, uh, we know how much you yes. enjoy that, Harrison. Yeah, we all know how much I love car chases. Dislike Mad car. Max is his favorite series. So if anyone <laughs> exactly. has any Mad Max collectibles, send yes. them Please to Harrison. Sell me your, send me your Mel Gibson posters. That's what I need. No, seriously. I, I tripped this morning because he has his Hot Wheels on the floor here. It's just nuts in this hotel room. <laughs> But the whole thing about Unmatched is that it's uh, theme decks. You don't have to build a deck. Uh, they play well against each other. There's some rock, paper, scissors. I think some people are better against others. But you have like Medusa. You have Achilles. You have Marvel su- superheroes. You have Bruce Lee. Yeah, they did. All have, of these different yeah, things. Yeah, there's all these weird things. And like I said, they did say that they're, that the Buffy and the Cobble and Fog is going to be discontinued. They retire the licenses, yeah. Now, they have they had the two starter sets, which one was looked like Greek gods or yep, something like yep, that. Yeah, yeah. Myth- so, mythos, mythological yeah. characters, yeah. And there was, there was that, like you said, there was a Jurassic Park one where you can play a raptor. Like, it's just... Uh, it's uh, my favorite is probably um, uh, that Ellie uh, and the T Rex set. So it's Ellie and her sidekick uh, Ian Malcolm. So Jeff Goldblum, yeah. and or you can play the T Rex. Or you can play, or you can play the T Rex. It's That's, crazy. It's, it's absolutely nuts. But it's a fantastic game. You're going to really enjoy. It. It's a fast playing game too. And that's this sounds like a good one. Like I told you guys to come home. Um, our gaming night has for our, every couple of week, uh, like every other Saturday, we try because Christopher will come over, Barnett, mm. you know, and uh, Harrison and he and I will play games. Yeah, and uh, my youngest Kira, who I mean, our youngest high school, but mm. she. She's like, oh, that game looks kind of fun. So she was playing Disney Villainous with us. Nice. Dave uh, she got likes, old. <laughs> yeah, she likes. She really liked Disney Villainous, which if, if you guys haven't played it, cannot recommend that game enough. It's, it's fun. Oh, I played it. Yeah. Um, the Star Wars version of that is pretty. Star Wars Villainous is pretty good too. Um, but so she likes these more fun. And it's like, I'm into. We all know me. I'm into. I like to play tabletop war games. I do do some RPG stuff. Um, and I do like board games, but I just I mostly play other things. I know people, like I said, like this guy Eugene, who has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of board games. Right. And you look, and there's cute little animals and tokens and meeples and all this stuff. Um, and, I, and I'm like, you know, I need to get more games like that. Because now, at Heather's birthday, like once things started settling down, we were playing some games before mm-hmm. her birth, after her, on her birthday party. And um, then... We were talking about it, so a couple weeks later, we had some of Heather's friends who were there who were interested in the games. So now we've got people who never game anything. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we taught them... Un- um, Unmatch is going to be so we taught them no thanks. awesome for we that. We taught them Settlers. It's like these are the basic games that non-gamers can play. And I'm always looking for something that's that I will enjoy, that's got enough for me to play, but is simple enough that I could bring in someone who's never played a game who might come once every couple weeks mm-hmm. and wants to participate but doesn't want to be overwhelmed. And from what you told me, I'm like, this sounds perfect. Plus, it's bananas. I can have Buffy fighting literal Dracula and then a T-Rex comes in and yep. eats them both. I've got to play this game. 
Uh, it's easy to learn. So it, it's like basically it's a it's like a hybrid version with extra ability store rock paper scissors. So it works really well. Uh, it's but it not is hard. asymmetrical because you all have your own agenda. Like I have to do X to win, and it doesn't matter who I'm playing against because I don't care what your agenda is. I just have to do things. And the other variety there too are the boards are different too. So they're different locations. So you have like the hanging gardens of Babylon are one is a location. So it has different rules of how you move about. You have. Uh, the Baker Street sort of thing. So you have like the street. The, the haunted mansion in Cobble and Fog with secret passageways. Exactly. So you have nice. a lot of these other things that also give you more replayability and more strategy that gets added on to things. So it really works well. But there's a lot of great games that you don't have to be a big time gamer to try, but it could lead you to our more complicated, more thematic games that, that we really enjoy in the hobby. Yeah, see, and that's what, that's what I was looking for. So I went in for that. And that's... One of the things in our, our shop is um, we have a large free uh, open board gaming library that people can play whenever they want to play um, and we've been doing a lot of tournaments especially like AOS tournaments and one of the awesome things is in between rounds especially if you finish early sometimes you can have 35 45 minutes in between rounds <laughs> if you so, get tabled at the end of turn two and then exactly. 34 minutes and or you know you, you know you just end up having those two armies that just make for a quick game you know you got sons of bayonet versus like i don't know whatever other eight eight model army there is uh, at the time um so it's awesome having games like that in our board game library where it's like you know what people finished 45 minutes early it's not lunch break yet um they can pull a game off the the shelf and play like two or three rounds of that with their buddies while they're waiting for their next round to begin so that that's always cool too because it's you know it just optimizes uh basically people having fun all day long right exactly and that's what the whole thing's about man um, do we have anything else? I think we hit just about every, Harrison. Did we buy anything else? Um, I picked up a copy of uh, Ryutama, which is like a, I guess the best way I could describe it would be like a slice of life, uh, anime role playing game. Basically, uh, the the cover art looks like the cover art you might see on like Final Fantasy Tactics or something like that, and it's basically like you pick hobbies that you enjoy, and that's like kind of how you build like your class or whatever and you just go out and do things that you enjoy and it like builds up like the regular like everyday magic of the world mm-hmm. and nice. it's it's a real it's a really nice just wholesome little game it sounds like uh almost like a s- certain types of miyazaki films or something like that it, it, it honestly that's that is what it's going oh. for and then at the same booth i picked up a uh, transgender deathmatch legend which is a hex uh crawler uh, beat 'em up game for pe- uh, for two players with a uh, deck of playing cards. Uh, very simple. Seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm hoping to break it out pretty soon after we get home. Because guess what? I didn't bring a deck of playing cards to a game convention because I didn't think I need that. You needed a deck of playing cards for that? Well, that's what it says on it. <laughs> Interesting. There was a place. Um, oh, we got to go back because where I picked up one of Eugene's games and the, the designers were there. Talking about the games and signing the boxes. Yeah, that's so really I got to cool. tell them I opened it up for them and I had nice. them sign the. In- they were signing the inside of the box, so that way the co- the lid. So that way there's some would, amazing would, artists there too yeah. that have uh, work on everything from board games to card games that uh, are 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 uh, showing off their artwork. So I'm excited. We got to hit artist row because last year we bought. I, I Harrison got a a big 24 by 36. This guy's artwork where it was Naruto. And nice. in the bottom of the center, 
is young episode one Naruto. Yeah. And all his characters around him. And as you move up, there's just more and more things layered in. And if you know the the, the entire range of that. It's the whole plot of the show. It's the whole all 500 these, episodes or whatever. Told through these images, like from when he was a little kid up to the top. And on the other side is Sasuke, who's his main rival, if you haven't watched Naruto for some reason. And... It's his whole life going up through yep. the end, up until they get to their final main fight at the very, very end of the show. It's some amazing artwork, it's and you, gorgeous. I will, I'll I'm find so the excited. guy's. I'll find the guy's name tonight, and tomorrow we'll mention him because I also picked up. They had he did smaller ones, and I picked one up from um, My Hero Academia. Yep, yep. Because Kira loves that. Yeah. So I got her one with Deku, and it was this great, great artwork. But that's not the whole story. That's just artwork. And then and I, you've got like a little coffee shop cowboy bebop. Oh, it's uh, it's a cow- oh, it's such I, a great I, cowboy well, bebop. I mean, poster. I would just say too, like like if you have never been to Gen Con, yeah, though, bring that's it what you back. Understand this They've is day one, this is day one, and it's like this is like two percent of what's on offer. We like, there, there's I think the, what is there thirty seven aisles in that in that vendors hall. Well, they don't fit in the vendors hall anymore because even like the auction got moved to the Marriott Hotel this year because they needed more rooms for companies that don't fit in the main uh, it's main area. It's crazy how much and we went through about. Because when I looked, he he not only had the games he wanted, but where the vendors were. Right. So it was like booth nineteen sixteen eighteen something, and then uh, sixteen something. So we literally went up and down three aisles today. Nice. And then we kind of moved over one when we saw the the stuff for for the, the vampire. Because I was like, eh, let's go pick up some more vampire and werewolf stuff. Yeah. I've been playing that forever. I mean, I've, regardless of what your like passions or interests are, it's here in some capacity. It's there uh, are it's aisles just, which are just games designed for families and younger kids. There is, yeah. I mean, there's entire sections that are just like t-shirts, and I, I, I haven't gotten back into the high, like into the three, into the row the thirties and stuff, where you've got a lot of your anime sellers. Because I'm going to go look for stuff for. Care. Last year, I bought a Death Note. Oh, nice. Like they sold it, said Death Note on it. it was, and you open it up, and it's got like a all journal. Kind of stuff a journal, in it, yeah. And you can see stuff already written in it, like they had from the show with the rules in it. Yeah. I'm like, I bought a Death Note because they had a Death Note here. There's amazing things there. And there's so many of these small little cottage uh, companies that mm-hmm. uh, just have amazing things. Artist Alley, you're going to love. It's, it's Artist Alley is always great. And one of my favorite things about Gen Con, too, is they have an auction that goes for, for four days. And they have different sections of that. So we were at the board and, game and consignment. And because consignment. one of my holy grails I'm looking for is back when I was uh, a kid, one of the Avalon Hill games I loved the most was Feudal. Right. And I'm still I'm looking. So looking for a copy of it. All right. Well, hey, um, we'll reach the, an audience of hundreds. But <laughs> uh, if anybody knows where to get a copy of Feudal. Please let me know oh, so please. I can pass it on to Kevin. But what I saw, because they have the collector's uh, special auction tomorrow night. So you have things like White Box D&D, the first edition of Dragon Magazine, things like that. But my favorite part is they have a dice set made from Megalodon teeth. So you have giant shark RPG dice, a complete set. Oh, my God. So you have eighty thousand year or eighty million year think, old. I dice. think it's even confirmed that they roll better. Oh, hundred percent. Yep. Uh, you know, Meg dice roll better. Red cars go faster. Yep. Yep. We know the rules. Um, wow, it's, we have gone for ninety, almost a hundred minutes, and this we haven't even seen everything. No, no. And I, I mean, know. granted, we spent the first thirty minutes talking about. Uh, you know all the stuff that Brad's doing, and then that slipped into t- 
10th edition Warhammer because yep. it's awesome. But uh, there's so much cool stuff, regardless of uh, game system to, that's going on right now. It's just we're we're so spoiled for choice. We're not going to. That's so true. There is so much out there, and that's like I said. I and I, I don't want to even be negative about War Machine because the lore sounds cool. It's just I can't afford to. I don't have time for another game. No, I hear you. I don't have time for 40k. And that's I'm playing they, it though because those Tyranids are cool. <laughs> And that's what and, it's, and, and, and bringing it back to your kind of core audience, it's not like AOS has nothing going on right now. Like. Oh, there! I mean, I haven't been to the Warhammer booth. I will be visiting that tomorrow. And they've got, they've got now. I know Games Workshop themselves are running Kill Team, Warcry. Um, we're d- we're doing that laser tag. <laughs> I'm just saying it. We're doing it. They're doing Kill Team and Warcry and a couple other oh Underworlds, but they don't have an official. Age of Sigmar. A, there, I don't believe there's a single Age of Sigmar event. There isn't. And the 40K event is being run by someone else. A club. When, uh, a club. To, yeah. be, to be fair, when is, is Nova, t- what, two weeks away? Three weeks away? I don't so. know. I'm not certain. But it just seems weird that there's no event here. Like, but, I was surprised. And, I mean, honestly, I went to one of them, and it was, it was okay. I mean, it's hard to have a, a, a lit. Excuse me, I got the hiccups. Uh, it's it's hard to have a legit tournament in, a, in an environment like this exactly. where there's so much else going on. Like, I signed up for it one year, and it was for one day. And I played, and it was the whole day. But I spent a whole day playing Warhammer, which I, I also I, played I be- at I, home. I believe you played some other members in the community that year. I think you played uh, Heywo, if I'm not mistaken. I think I might have. I think I might have. I don't remember. I mean, it was several years ago. I might have played Heywo. I think I did. Um, but... You know, I, I play that at home all the time. And I felt almost like, by the end of the day, I was like, I had a good time, but I lugged all my Warhammer stuff down yeah. here and played Warhammer, which is the one thing I actually play and do at home. And I missed the whole day of going through and seeing all the other stuff and getting demos of new mm-hmm. games and all that type of but thing. But the skirmish games are a lot easier to do at, at places like this for conventions. Yes. Because yeah. the big games is a lot of real estate for a few people. And the logistics getting uh, like that much train in and out to get those things done for having such a small ticket. If we play allotment. three rounds, you've literally got. I mean, you're going to have four tables. You're going to have eight players. Yeah, and if you really go higher hard. than that, then you're suddenly yeah. like, okay, we're this is going to be a fun thing. This is for funsies. Because and you're com- you're competing with fifty thousand other people trying to set up their tables too. Yeah, and you're competing with that. And you're getting all the stuff here, and you're competing there. How many events did they say they had? Uh, I mean, because. And don't forget, people, like I said before, if you don't know what Gen Con does, it, they, the, vet, the vendor's hall is amazing. But there are seminars from all sorts of authors and writers here talking about stuff. Harrison well, went to the we're, gym. We're, like I said, I went, to a, I went to a lecture on Japanese history. Like, that's what it was. There we're, are we're capping, just, what, what is the cap this year? Are we capping 80, we're capping well, 85, They say they're right? expecting upwards of 85. I still think that, I think that number is a bit generous. I think. I think. I think it's a little generous. I'd be more interested to see how, like, the actual, like, post-con reported numbers are we'll see but, but so but there's film streams there's there, movie nights every night in independent there's a film made. comedy show tomorrow night we're going Public to comedy. there are there's live D stuff going on with like oh thousands I, and okay, thousands there's the one with the girl and i think i deborah i think her name's deborah she was uh, uh baby jessica vampire on uh in true blood she was on daredevil oh, yeah, 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 yeah. she was there she mm. was the second the redhead. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of got a thing for her, but everybody yeah. knows I like redheads. But she's here. 
Like, cause she's in oh, yeah, the there's event. A, there, I'm like, sure there's tons of with, like, with, like, you know, like minor celebrities. I, I'm sure some was here yesterday. Yeah, I was gonna somebody say. Somebody posted a picture of him and his. I'm like, when was why, uh, the, the the critical? I'm sure the critical role staff are here somewhere. Oh sure, yeah, all the voice actors. Are, um, but I I saw a couple of like there's all the authors will talk to you about world building. Like, we signed up for a thing for horror in role play. Like if you're playing horror role playing games, how do you build? Good uh, characters and build tension. Mm-hmm. There's all of that. Um, Heather comes here. Glass etching. She did glass etching yep. and made big steins last year. Um, she does uh, silver, like chainmail. She took a chainmail. Oh yeah, class. my one, my one buddy Jay took a like forging your own armor course. They like, have thousands of those. Like, Learn to belly dance. Yes, I mean it's things. literally you can bring. And I remember when uh, it, it it feels a little sexist, I guess now, but there was that whole. Bring your spouse. There's a lot of other stuff for her, too, because the women don't want a game, but we've got other things. And that's how it kind of felt when it first started. But then you go through it. I mean, I think they said they had, like, what, 19,000 different events and different seminars. Probably. It's it's crazy how much stuff. If if there's something you like, you can probably find it. You'll find it here. It's a big H hobby event. Yeah. So it's not just board games, role-playing games. It's every peripheral thing you can possibly think of, you're going to find. It's cosplay. More like, it's more like GeekCon. Yeah, cosplayers all over the place. Huge cosplay yeah. cons. Some really. Not, okay. We were walking up. You guys went to the elevator first after happy hour. Yeah. And there was a guy walking. And I looked at him. He's got this linen sort of suit on. And he's got these kind of lumps in the pants, like near the knees. And I'm looking at him. He's got this floppy, ugly hat. And he's walking with this long staff, and I'm like, "What's with the cane?" And I look at it; it's not a cane; it's like a staff. And on the top is a big wrought iron metal hand. And I walked up, and I'm like, "Are you Torgo from Manos, The Hands of Fate, one of the worst movies ever yeah. made?" This guy was cosplaying Torgo, which, if you're a mystery science theater fan, you know who this is. And exactly. if you're not, you've never heard of this movie. And he's like, "I am Torgo." I'm like, "I want a picture." I'm like, "I knew it was Torgo." Like, there's cosplayers here. Of course, you're going to go find the place where there's 80 Deadpools and all trying to out-Deadpool each other. Yeah. Um, there are space marines walking around. There's Jedis walking around. Like, it's just, if you are into anything that's sort of geeky, yeah. it's here. Well, there's a full parade Saturday, right? Is yeah, I can't. I want to see that. If we've got the time, if I'm not in an event, I do want to watch the parade because yes. there's really, there are some amazing costumes here. Well, Thanks, I think sorry. out front too, the building too. They've got what that like thirty foot tall uh, battle tech mech this yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, the amount of money goes in for these companies to advertise, like all the things we're seeing here. Like, and there's games like I, I'm just I never knew about. It. And we own a game store. We we go do it. Like the Call of Duty, the board game. I didn't know that was coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So many video game properties right now that are just like uh, coming out of nowhere at like yeah. light speed. Well, I was over by the Funko games and they have this new Star Wars game that looks like little chibi models yeah. of Star Wars guys to play. And I was like, okay, what's this? And then I'm like, um, I thought I saw an ad that you have Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, Slaughterhouse is what it's called. And they're like, yeah, we're only demoing it. It doesn't come out for a few months. but I, So I'm going to try to hit the demo room. But we're not supposed to talk about tomorrow. So... I guess we're going to wrap it up. Guys, thank you for doing this. And I did not expect this to be this long. Thank you for putting this much time into it. Uh, especially since we're going to be back at it tomorrow. Um, oh, I got to I gotta make our reservations for dinner. And then we'll, we'll figure out if we're going to do this before or after. Probably after. When we're nice, not full bellies and we're just well, sitting here. We can't be too far after because I do have puppet, got, puppet Slam tomorrow night. Puppet Slam. That's right. That's the adult language. 
It's the adult-oriented puppet show. <laughs> and it's one thing I will not miss. I'll give up the, my other events during the day. I will oh, not I know. give you, up my last puppets. Year, you're like, I'm not giving up my puppet show. You're like There's a no weird way. Beat the Feebles vibe going on there. But <laughs> uh, All right. So, folks, um, I hope you enjoyed this. And um, we're going to be back tomorrow. And we're going to talk about what we saw tomorrow. And we're going to do it again on Saturday. And then Stay Sunday tuned. morning, Harrison and I got to go home. So there, we're going to put this out shortly. And then there will be two more coming. Um, and uh, I, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I like to talk about some stuff that's the total game related. And I know a couple of people in the listening audience have contacted me and say they're either working here this weekend or they've been here. So I, I do have to stop a couple of places and say hi to a few friends nice. of the show because uh, it, it's just so – oh. Today, mm-hmm. kid, I haven't seen. I've, I've seen him once since high school, and when I say since high school, I'm talking th- uh, 34 years ago. I've seen him like once since then. And nope. yesterday, I'm sitting talking to my friend Jason Tick and Harrison, and he walks by and he keeps looking at stuff. And then he asked something about a game, and I was like, okay, and I'm looking. I'm like, and I said, to Harrison, I think I know that guy. I can't think of his name, but I'm certain I know him. I went to high school with him. And then we were playing again today. We were down there during the happy hour. Yeah. And he walked up. He's like, I thought that was you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah what's going on? I, you see, so, there's so many people here. There's so much to do. It's, it's just, it's, it's incredible. And so we will be back tomorrow with tomorrow's adventures, which include, what do you have? You have anything scheduled for tomorrow? Oh, well, puppets. We Besides about puppets. We know the puppets. You're not giving up the puppets. Uh, we have a, a LARP that we're going to be playing tomorrow. So it's, it's a homebrew LARP. Okay. Uh, so we'll go. We'll be doing that. Uh, and one of the ones we'll hopefully get to, but may not. There's an improv uh, role-playing game session that's going to be happening. But we may have to give that up for our dinner and podcasting. Okay. Um, I think, yeah, tomorrow is probably going to be the second half of... Trying to make our way through the the dealer hall and find all those hidden gems. To be clear, what time did you get to the dealer hall today? Eleven ish. Okay, about eleven thirty. What time did you leave the dealer hall today? Six. Six when it closed. When they basically kicked us out. Did you break for lunch at all, or did you just literally walk the vendors hall for six and a half hours? We had a pretzel. We had a pretzel. While walking the vendors hall. No, uh, fifteen twenty minute break. break. So twenty. So and and you didn't see. You didn't get through the vendor's hall. No, I, I no. would say we saw Seven, 70, six 60% maybe. Dave, this year too, is we have all the hallways that have all the shops. We haven't gone to any of those. We I haven't, haven't. I didn't even know it was outside of the vendor's hall. You got, Did uh, you know that we have to go to Lucas Earl Stadium because they have a lot of uh, the vendors are over there now too? What? Yeah. Exactly. I got to go to Lucas Oil now tomorrow. Or Maybe Saturday. you got to go to Lucas Oil. Uh, there is never a situation which I should end up on a football field, so that <laughs> won't be happening. I don't think you're out on the field, Harrison. You are out on you the field. You are actually. out on the field. There what? Are, there are events that happen out yeah. on the field, and I looked at oh, that. Oh, we got to go. It's, it's game tables. It's Harris game. can stay here with, with, the, with the, his cars and trucks. Yeah, he we, can, won't, yeah. we won't continue. It's, it's literally game tables as far as I can see on the field. It's but there's, there's a entire thing. They've gone now into the basement there, too, because you have a lot of the Etsy-type sellers, so the special craft people oh, yeah, are yeah. over there. Yeah, I mean, and you can you find some amazing gen- amazing artists. And True Dungeon. Yeah. And, yeah. True Dungeon's oh, over there right. now. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's so much. Okay, folks, we got to stop. So, yeah, okay, until tomorrow, um, we will see you guys, um, well, next episode. So talk to you soon. It's a big kick, it's good for you Living it up, it's a big kick, it's good for you
Charles Nolan.